Hey everyone, welcome to We Weren't Friends in High School, the podcast where I reunite with high school classmates from my graduating class of Wissahickon High School in the suburbs of Philadelphia. I'm Brad Corbett, class of 2001. Thanks again to Lizzie Black for episode 215. It's in the audio archives everywhere you listen to podcasts and at youtube.com slash redshirtplaya. Subscribe to the channel, catch video of me and Lizzie, as well as the We Weren't Friends in High School 90s Movie Club with Kelly Brook Morton and Chrissy DeGroote. I've been talking to both of them a lot over the holidays, and we've already agreed to our next review, which will be Cruel Intentions. So after you've caught the review of The Skulls, maybe check out uh, the next Joshua Jackson masterpiece, also starring Sarah Michelle Gellar and Ryan Philippe. Join the show on Facebook at WWFNHS and on Instagram at We Weren't Friends in High School. This week, my guest is George Barreca. George and I were friends in high school, making this my very first friend guest on the podcast. I've talked about never really intending to even bring friends on the show, mainly because I envision this show being really boring to hear me and a buddy going back and forth, telling you know inside jokes. Because I envision it being pretty boring to hear me and someone else telling stories back and forth without proper backstory. And a podcast that's just filled with backstory can be pretty boring too. So George and I actually started recording an episode a few days prior to the one you're going to hear. We talked about starting in kindergarten together at Madison Avenue, but every time we started to get somewhere in the story, we branch off. And I think that's because I was trying to force George into a show about someone I didn't know. And that's not the case here. Luckily, I think, we started running out of time and decided to pick back up with our conversation a few days later. This show is that conversation. In the first episode we tried to record, we never even got out of George's Catholic school experience. And I thought the way we bounced around in this version of the interview, while not necessarily being linear, it's a lot easier to listen to. So with that said, I hope you guys enjoy my conversation with the first friend on We Weren't Friends in High School, George Barreca. Yeah. Coaster. That's a coaster? Yeah. Hell yeah. I got all types <laughs> of coasters like that. Michael Jackson, Iverson, Jimmy Rollins, uh, Jay-Z. All from like the same company or you just find yeah. them? Yeah. Find them. Uh, it's a guy on the, it's a guy, it's a street vendor that goes to a lot of Philly festivals. Nice. And he, I mean, he sells all different, you know, Marilyn Monroe and, you know, whatever. Obama. <laughs> yeah, you definitely have an Obama one, don't you? Yeah, I don't. I don't. No? Oh, I, got a, I got a Dr. J, a Charles Barkley. Classic. Whitney nice. Houston. Yep. Hell yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I, I should have checked where we left off. Yeah, we're, uh, we just started over because I don't know. That was like a ramble fest. <laughs> we had no, uh, no direction there. Well, we were talking about, um, I remember like how it kind of started. And I think we ended with you being in Catholic school, but. Oh yeah, you did. You made a point about, you wanted to hear more about the transition from. Yeah. Or something, right. Is that what we said? Yeah. But you know, I was before, you know, before we um, connected, I was thinking about what I didn't really talk about. And I think this is like, on a way of thinking that I know you already, because I think I know you mm-hmm. that I didn't ask, like, what were you into as when you were growing up as a kid? Yeah. Good question. Uh, are we starting? 
Yeah, we're in it. We're doing it again. All right. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, yeah, as a kid, I mean, always football. I mean, that's all my dad. Football and reggae. Uh, you know, my dad always had this funny quote. Someone was like, yo, George, did you see this movie? He goes, was it on ESPN? And they're like, what? No. And he goes, well, then I didn't see it. <laughs> so that type of thing. <laughs> so, you know, it was always sports. Playing football, baseball, basketball. Uh, so I remember you did ask the question, um, you know, when I, when I was younger, elementary school at a Catholic school, if I was aware of, you know, that being a, a public school system around with, yeah. with kids and, and yes, I was because of sports. So I always played basketball with like Josh Thompson, Earl Stout, you know, all those guys, my brother and I would, uh, you know, play on the same team as them. And then, you know, remember like Mike Mason, Yep. We would actually like hang out with him. White Mike. Crash his house. Yeah. Order dominoes and crash at his house. Watch like stupid HBO movies late night. All kinds of crap. He lived on Spring Garden Street right there. Yeah. yeah. I remember him. Yeah. I played baseball uh, with him. I remember him from Madison. When you hear about Catholic school, you're, you're the first person, I guess, that, that I can think of that we talked to that, that came from there. You hear like all the rumors, like they smack your hand with the ruler. Uh, you have to write with your non or with your non-dominant hand, right? You have to like, did any of that stuff? Was any of that going on? The the no, mean I think when my mom went there, it, uh, some of that stuff happened. I think she said uh, the music teacher like dropped, shut the piano door on her hands because she kept messing up whatever song. She, she was supposed to learn or something but now uh you know even when, when what would it have been i don't know 1990 to 1998 right? yeah yeah first through eighth grade or 97 maybe yeah 89 to 97 yeah. so uh i actually only ever had like one one or two teachers that were nuns it was they were you know just regular elementary school teachers and stuff okay so you so know, not all kind of normal in that sense, I guess. Not all it was it's hyped up to be on in the movies or on TV. No, yeah, you didn't get that like pro parochial discipline or whatever you would call it. I don't even know. Um as far <laughs> as like who you were, I mean, we talked about like you know the people that went there, but did you have like a core group of friends? Oh wow, the Amber Catholic. Yeah. Yeah, uh like Billy Shiverelli. Um Kevin McCarthy, Paul Gillardi, and then Dan Frick. He came, I think, fourth or fifth grade because uh, he was at um, Sandy Run Middle School, Upper Dublin School District. Okay. Then he ended up going back to Upper Dublin for high school. Was it was it easy yeah. for you to, like, make friends or keep friends, like, throughout middle school? I asked that because our middle school was a Hicken pods. And so, like, a lot of us talk about, like, if you struggled to make friends, every year you had to start over. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, because um, no, because I was with the same, same. I don't know, like eight to twelve people. You know, it fluctuate a little bit. I think by the time we were in eighth grade, it was only, I mean, like, I think only eight of us actually, or ten. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was small. So it's so small. But um, but outside of school, summertime and everything, uh, you know, I always hung out with my brother and Joey Buck, who were two grades below. Um. And then we would, uh, I don't know, you'd run into anybody, like, down, like, the other side of Butler Pike or whatever. So, yeah. uh, 
Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I remember like hanging out with Ryan Hassan. Um, yeah, I don't even know yeah. these names. We were plugged into such different yeah. parts of Ambler. Yeah, yeah, I got around. We would just ride our bikes. We would go fishing at the reservoir, just take off and go fishing all day, and then you know, hit up Nice Park, Picker and Field, like whoever's playing basketball, like try to yeah. jump in and play. You know, at regular like adolescent boy shit, like yeah. throw rocks at people's houses, what you know, and anything. <laughs> Mid- middle school for us is when. Like it was a hick and it's when I kind of talk about like feeling um, so out, out of speed with, you know, what was going on with the other kids as far as like partying and girls or boys and drugs. And uh, what was it like, like in your, where I'm, it's Catholic school, but is yeah, it exactly the same? Yeah. I, even, even throughout high school, I was like you, you know, I didn't drink. I don't know. And no, like, neither want to either. Was never invited to the parties, never dated. <laughs> but even before that, in, in Ambler Catholic, and you're like 14, 13, and it's only like eight of you or seven of you or whatever, like, but is, is there like a social, is there like a, a party life in from school? Not at all. No. Like, I would, um, for the most part, you know, I would hang out with, it would just be like me and Dan Frick and Billy Chivarelli. We either just chill at someone's house. Uh, and that was about it on the weekends. Uh, a lot of times, like Friday nights or Saturday nights, sleep over at Paul Gillardi's house, and he had a nice finished basement. And we'd watch movies, wrestling, you know, play Madden or Tecmo Bowl, depending on what year we were, you know, what video game was hot. Yeah. And that was it. And I, you know, I, I always remember being fascinating with, fascinated with uh, Paul's father's uh, train collection. He had this nice model train set up in the basement. And I would like, you know, kind of, you know, pay attention to that for a little bit. You know, if like I was waiting to play like winter on Madden or something. Yeah. You know? I got next. But it was simple, simple life, you know, rode bikes, played like, who knows, two on two football, just tackle each other in the mud uh, with all kinds of age groups, like ranging from my brother's grade or even my cousin Johnny, who's three years younger. Like we'd play football with, uh, Eddie Winhouse, Tommy Peffel, you know, Jimmy Fenor, Joey Bach, Phil, my brother, because like we all intermingled because of the us, me and Phil being brothers and then living with our cousins, Johnny and Joanna. So you're kind of like intermixed in the age group there. So you had a span of four years. So it's funny, like, whereas I would like, I kind of would look off or, and even other, other people have been guests and talked about, you kind of look off at like the cool kid crowd that didn't exist for you at all. Like in middle school, just because everyone it was so so small, you didn't. Yeah, like, you no room at, for clicks. No room for clicks. Yeah, like you know, one's coming yeah. in Monday morning talking about this person got all fucked up or this person. <laughs> on that. That'd be awesome. Show up the <laughs> seventh grade Catholic school hungover as fuck. <laughs> I, yo, I go back now. I'd love to show up like shrooming or something. That'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> 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 fucking dip your hand in holy water and watch it like drip off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> but that, yeah, none of that. Uh-uh. Uh, but I was always around beer. You know, my dad drank. Uh, my uncles, even my grandmother. <laughs> but it's like, you know, maybe back, maybe it was because uh, my dad's like, here, you want to try a sip? And I try a sip and didn't like it. Like, it just, you know, maybe that was like a good mode of parenting then. <laughs> I don't know. It's you know? not a big deal. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah there's was no... Uh, 
it wasn't taboo, I guess. Yeah. Say it or put it, maybe. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you're now, so then when you're you're going to go to to the high school, do you understand what that is at like you know 14, um, 15, where we were the, we're about the same age, right? We're like a, a couple of weeks apart. Um, yeah. Right. Yep. Do you do you understand like at that point, like okay, now we're going to this new school? Oh, I knew. Yeah, I was scared to death too, but uh, but also excited in a way because you know I always knew like the the uh, the football tradition. We would go to the the bonfires and stuff like it. Remember they used to have the bonfire? I never went. Uh, what they? I guess it was like a pep rally thing. Was that like for homecoming? It may have been that, that, but you know, I didn't know then. Possibly. And then I always, you know, the Thanksgiving game was always a great thing too. And that came from your dad? Yeah. Yeah. He actually played his freshman year. He played football, but then uh, he broke his leg or something happened to his knee or whatever. I think um, <laughs> they were playing White Marsh. At, at, and I believe, you know, the legend goes that mm-hmm. I guess he was tackled by, uh, I think it was it's Marvis Frazier, which is Joe Frazier's son. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how, you know, this could be one of those like, legends or something yeah, yeah. no that sounds good why would yeah yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna lie you say it's yeah. joe frazier <laughs> i know which yeah my dad was you know never really a liar so <laughs> i'm pretty sure it holds true that's awesome but yeah i was always you know there was always this hype about was again and i think you know initially my parents may have wanted to send me to Lansdowne catholic and I, I i may have you know fought them tooth and nail on it and then ended up going to was again because hmm. i like you know, I was playing football at the time, but I was so small. You know, my dream was actually play high school football, but you know, entering freshman year, five foot one, one hundred and five pounds, soaking wet. You know, not gonna get too far because there's some big boys. You know, we were going around like even like Rick Smith and like Corliss. Like those guys are huge compared to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you experience like bullying uh, <laughs> at all? You know, this. Uh, Amber Catholic small so yeah. but like did you experience any bullying in the school or like playing sports you mentioned like you play basketball with people who went to Wissahickon but just in general around town like is that something that uh, you had that fear going into Wissahickon but prior to that had that ever been like a thing for you because you know for me uh, going through school I dealt with you know on both ends of it so did you escape that yeah I mean uh I don't know if I was really like, I mean, we always had, because we're such a small group and Amber Catholic, we were all friends. I mean, if any of us stall each other now, it's like the most exciting thing ever. But, uh, you know, then you're just kids stuck in a circle, 10 people, you know, there's like, you know, tension and stuff every once in a while, but nothing major or crazy that ever lasted long. Uh, yeah. And then in high school, you know, never from the upperclassmen or, uh, art class because maybe through sports or whatever even even though i didn't play in high school just from intramural mm. like as a kid and uh you know like, like i said i played for north penn squire so i knew joe bombertito who was what two years ahead of us yeah i think so but things like that so you always had like those guys and then once they like greet you in the hallway or something you know people are like oh yeah okay sorry like nobody really messes with you i guess mm. uh but it wasn't until we were like in 11th grade or something i guess like the incoming classes there was a couple of big cats. And I remember they must have thought I was a freshman on freshman day. And the one dude like grabbed my school bag and like threw me into the locker. I think I retaliated real quickly. And I don't know if it was Mr. Mad or somebody, but they they like disciplined me more than the other guy. I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> That's pretty much like the story of my life, though. It's always 
you know, you're the one, once you retaliate, you're, you know, you get in trouble. That was always, yeah, that was always my, yeah. my thing growing up, like prior to getting to, to high school, I would always retaliate because I thought I was, I was sneaky. And then mm-hmm. I would be louder and, and, you know, get caught. And then it's no one saw what had been done or said, what or heard what had been said to me that set me off. But, right. uh, and then you get that, and then you get that talking to, um, you can't let what other people do affect you. Yeah. But it did. <laughs> so it's like, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's, you know, school's weird, but um, yeah, I just kind of coasted through. I, you know, maybe like scholastically and <laughs> physically, I just I didn't want to be there. <laughs> I tried to occupy as you know the least amount of space as possible. And <laughs> was it hicking? Yeah, I just kind of wanted to fly under the, you know, just be me, like hang out with you guys or whatever we used to do and whatnot. When you got to when you got to uh, high school, were you, was it instant like? So now you're split up all over, but do yeah. you instantly have like, like friendly relation? I mean, I know it's friendly, but do you have like social relationships with those same kids, those seven kids in high school, or are you now searching all over again for groups of friends or a friend here or there from class to class? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I, I still remember uh, just seeing, you know, like Maria, Danielle, and, you know, Kevin Paul, and everyone that, you know, transferred to Wissick and who didn't go to Plainsdale Catholic or another school or something. But, um, and then Tony Antonucci, I remember me and him had agreed to like walk in together first day of class because, you know, the hell to expect, right? So, <laughs> and, and both of us probably knew we weren't like anywhere near being cool or anything like that. So, <laughs> even though we probably were, but we just didn't. What was your expectation? Did you have any expectations of Wizzick? And like when you say you you knew that you weren't cool, were you kind of like are right, walking into like this? You know, uh, Ama talked about when he came uh, to America and came. You know, it was kind of like a TV show, and other people yeah. like talk about like that idea of what they're when they would look out into what Wizzick was um, as far as like the stereotype. Or did you have any preconceived notions about was you know all of us coming from from middle school? You had you knew you did know a lot of the people. So were you kind of like, Oh, we're going with these people and this is kind of shit that they get into. And I heard this about this. Like, did you have ideas like that? Yeah, not like that. But uh, I think similar to you, you know, watching Saved by the Bell and stuff, I kind of thought it would look and feel like that, which I, maybe it does in a way. I don't, don't remember enough of it to actually think to relate it that way anymore. Um, Never it, for me. It looked like that from afar. For me. Yeah. 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 And I could, I would try to replicate, but like, you know, where it looks like for me when I watch Superbad. Oh, and those kids are hanging like in the beginning and they're hanging in the basement. They might be playing poker or something. Yeah. That reminds me of like the type of shit that, like, when we'd go play pool <laughs> and it would just, you know, like, no girls in sight, just bullshitting and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The funniest guys in the room. <laughs> oh my God. That movie's awesome. What the hell is his name? Who's the guy who got the driver's license from Hawaii? Uh, McLovin. McLovin. <laughs> so, I don't know. Just in general, your freshman year, what did that feel like? That whole transition. Don't know. I really, like I said, I think I just under the radar logically blocked it out because I really didn't want to be there. Except for I was excited about the opportunity to take 
the focus on art because that did not exist in Catholic school. Uh, I think I, uh, I don't know if there was like a new parent orientation. I remember my parents going to something at Wissick and at night after class or whatever, you know, they met with like Mr. Dixon who taught industrial arts or whatever. I don't know what the class was called then, but that kind of thing. And like him, you know, getting them all excited about the opportunities of like, you know, you'd be a graphic designer, industrial designer, do this, do that. You know, if you learn CAD, I took all the CAD classes there. But, and uh, I think that's like what I looked forward to the most. Um, and that was definitely, uh, you know, a bonus. Um, other than the fact that I just, like I said, uh, just wasn't, I don't know, just I was so shy maybe or timid that I just didn't allow myself to like reach out as much or something. I don't know how to explain it. Did you have a favorite art teacher or art class or art? Like, yeah. I'm assuming they weren't all the same, right? Like you, you took a lot of different different types of art, but did you have one that, that stood out to you that was your favorite? Um, well, I definitely recall when David Miller came in. Uh, I don't know if it was our sophomore or junior year. Uh, but he was awesome. He uh, he was from Texas. I think he he did a lot of uh, uh, what do they call that? Um, like he did a lot of like college advisory stuff and art programs, and then I guess uh, came to this area and then taught high school art. He, you know, he uh, I would still consider him one of my mentors, even though I traveled all the way through like the ranks of being educated in art now he yeah still the one that actually like you know made it feel like you know there's this possibility or opportunity to make a career in the arts what kind of art did he teach oh he had all like the fundamentals like drawing painting uh yeah he's like one of the ones that really pushes his students to to have a sketchbook and you know utilize that as a tool were you yeah, all, basis? Were you always into art? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, ever since I could hold a pencil, I guess I was drawing. Um, and then, yeah, all through even Catholic school, or even though they didn't have an art program, you know, I was the one that everyone's like, "Oh, like would catch me just doodling or drawing and be like, oh wow, you drew like uh, Kevin Garnett looks awesome.' Or, yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, I drew Scott Bagwell." Or Buff Bagwell. Bagwell, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say Scott Hall, <laughs> but uh, so Buff was Bagwell, it, it was. So at that point, was it was it just like drawing before you got to Wizahicken? You were just like into drawing stuff. Yeah, just like when I was bored sitting at home on a rainy day, if I wasn't outside playing, I just rummaged through page after page, just drawing, and uh, I remember being like real, like finicky, and never wanting to use the eraser, so. If I would mess up, I would just crumble the paper up, throw it away, and try it again. <laughs> that kind of thing. Wasted so much paper, but uh, I think my grandfather would just grab stacks of like old computer, like print. Remember to print out the perforated edges with the holes? Like he just had bundles of that. And I would just, you know. When you got to Wizahicken, did it progress into anything, into a specific type that like, that you really dug or you thought you, you were getting really good at? Um, I, I like a lot of, no, I just, I think I stayed mostly with drawing. Uh, I guess whatever supplies they had in house, we would use for whatever um, 
uh, class or uh, project the teacher was kind of presenting us with, or exercise uh, rather than project. Uh, I think I still have some of them at my mom's house. Oh, nice. <laughs> I think I left them there. And then Mr. Miller ended up giving them to my brother to take uh, something. It's funny. And I was like, oh, well, proud about that. Uh, but yeah, I didn't take like oil painting or anything like that. I'm not even sure that it was offered. There was ceramics, which I didn't take, which is what I eventually like kind of migrated towards. Uh, well, I guess that's what I was wondering. Did you like, did you like, were you taking any specific classes? Like, were you targeting saying, oh, I want to take this or I want to take that? Or like what, you know, because it's not just art, right? The class isn't just art once you're in high school, right? Like, Right. Yeah, there's definitely a focus or a discipline tied to it. But uh, uh, I think the, the computer-aided stuff, you mentioned even taking some of those classes. Um, I had Mr. Hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The graphics. Uh, yeah, I remember like doing a whole like um, – layout like a architectural layout of something i don't remember the project per se but uh i i think at the time like as much as the focus was to go to college for like a better career <laughs> kind of thing at the same time it was like oh the only way to make money in the arts is to be a graphic designer or like an industrial designer or something like that so maybe i you know kind of funneled into those classes a little more than uh like painting, drawing, and ceramics. Mm. So, and I didn't really discover those things until Monco. And I didn't touch clay until like my second year of Monco. And then, wow. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, I, don't know, I, I have like a really vague memory of high school for some odd reason. Well, it's interesting. It just sounds like, I mean, you talked about Mr. Uh, Mr. Miller being like a, you know, being like a, a like a counselor of sorts, but it didn't sound like anyone it didn't sound like you really had like anyone to like help you kind of like see a path. Oh uh, yeah. Like I didn't know the direction to take to actually, uh, well, I guess I could have asked like, you know, we just don't know to ask either, or maybe they did um, kind of coax me in some sort of direction. And I just was so shy. Like I do remember Maybe Mr. Miller, like, helping me apply to a couple bigger schools. And I remember visiting the university or UArts or something in Philly and this and that. And I was just, like, too afraid to even, like, go to them. So I just – I knew I think I just wanted to settle on Monco because I didn't know what I wanted to do or wanted to be or knew how to fit in to feel comfortable anywhere outside of my, you know, less than a mi uh, square mile radius of Ambler, right? interesting <laughs> um when did you do you remember like how you, we kind of got all into the same group together like yeah i'm really trying to think i may have had a class of ray and i remember he had this butterfly knife and i was like asking him about that and then i ended up he got me one i don't know if he would go to like chinatown down the city or somewhere where the hell he got him i forget where he said he was getting <laughs> was it the q mart oh man <laughs> I think you're right. Ray yeah, you got me this killer one. It was black. I and mean, we used to whip them around like uh what was that movie? Um Bloodsport. No, 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 no. Uh where uh is it Mel Gibson pulls out a butterfly knife? A lethal weapon? Yeah, uh, maybe it was, yeah. I think so. I don't know. So we, we were always like trying to do like that whole whip thing with it. 
and Ray was good. Cause Ray what was he a black belt in Taekwondo or something? Yeah. He had all the swords and shit in his room. Yeah, he was pretty badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, always, he, always he, was, like, he was on the demo team, wasn't he? What's that? I think he was on the demo team. Yeah, yeah, he was like legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had uh, you know, he would he would do all the you know, and he had the wrist holds, and he would uh-huh. have he would have like all the different uh Ninja Turtle weapons, like swords and Psy and no, he know how to use nunchucks and uh-huh. yeah. I remember he had the big Korean flag hanging in his room too. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, there was that and like hit. I don't know, maybe I just gravitated towards that kind of thing. Like I was, I was really into weapons then too, like guns and shit, like paintball and things. Even though like I never carried or did anything with actual guns, I just thought they were cool machines or something. But uh, it's uh, funny because like you know, eventually Josh came into our group. And yeah. like you, him, and Tony uh, was in that. Was in that. Like all of you guys were into like hunting and cars and like super. And Scott was into like cars and like just super. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to. I don't know. I don't redneck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I never liked hunting. I, was, <laughs> I remember Josh, man. He called me up. It was like six o'clock on like a Tuesday morning or something. We're in high school. He's like, yeah. He's like, I shot a deer across the street at Slosher's Farm. He's like, come help me drag it out. I'm like, dude, it's like 6 o'clock. He's like, yeah, no. Hurry up. We got to get it before we go to school. So I'm like, all right. So my dumb ass, you know, guy out of bed, drove over his house and shit, help him drag a damn deer out of the woods. And I was like, why am I doing this? I don't even hunt. It's too cold for a shit. <laughs> but it's fun. But I, 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 I don't know what the heck the uh, connection was. Um, maybe it was just like a, a natural progression. Maybe it was because of like Ray and then Ritter and then you and then Alyssa somehow and then Josh because Josh I guess he he came to was taken in 10th grade I don't think he was there a freshman year yeah he wasn't uh he was like one of the new kids yeah I mean I remember how we got hooked up with Alyssa and that Alyssa was friends with Sue Kettner and Scott and Sue Kettner were friends yeah me and Scott and Ray used to hang out with her and Alyssa and that was how we got plugged in. And I just happened to know Alyssa from yeah. many, many years prior. The only person I knew before you. Right, right. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, I think, you know, you have a good memory. It does ring a bell. Um, but then, yeah, I remember just hanging out with Josh and Alyssa and Tony and like you, like, like every day from then on out. <laughs> yeah, you know, when, when we talk about like six friends, that is exactly like it was every, you know, uh, Ray would would take me, Alyssa and me home, me and Alyssa home from school yeah. every day. Um, you know, every Friday and every Friday, Scott would take me to Wawa to pick up my check uh, so I could take it to Ambler Savings and cash it. And we'd have money, then meet up with like you guys and go to Friendly's or Olive Garden or you're like, yeah. you know, well, like. Bennigan's was the one. Uh, Josh and Alyssa used to love eating there. Yeah, so yeah. He ends up on three or nine. Yep. Uh, yeah, and like, and that's good, just from what I remember. Yeah, or like you know, like I said, like or I feel like uh, Scott and I kind of like start pairing off as we got older, and like you know, the famed Sixers and and wings and and yeah. wings to go. Um, wings to go is legit, man. I missed that place when I closed down in Springhouse. Loved it there. I, well, there but what kind of stuff like did you? Did you do, I don't know, when we you weren't hanging out with with me? Because, you know, we would, it would be like super group style, like, you know, yeah. maybe last Saturday. 
on a Saturday, like we all kind of trickle into to Alyssa's and 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 end up over there by the end of the night. And um, you know, I know, I know as we got older, you you were hanging out with Josh and so much more stuff with, you know, th- those group of guys that they used to hang out with when we were like in our our 19s and 20s and shit. Yeah, but, yeah, they carried on for uh pretty much till they got married and bought the their first house. Um but yeah, what but, were you like in high school? What what kind of stuff were you were you doing? Like working. Oh, <laughs> uh, Clemens, right? Well, one Clemens, was Clemens. Clemens landscaping. Uh, and then uh, one winter I got a job at Josh got me in at Chiron to do winter rebuilds, so we repair all the mowers and stuff like that. And then I uh, that I I pretty much hung out with him seven days a week. You know, we sleep at his house on a weekday that we had off and we go into work early and work like a full eight hour shift or something or if it snowed we go do snow removal for shear on mm. stuff like that uh we took apart his irock for his senior project took the whole motor out of it and everything tore it down stripped it and he got it sent out to get like stroked or bored out or whatever he had done to it and we put it all back together and all that kind of stuff uh which is cool because i remember being like you know, 10 o'clock at night, just chilling in at the garage at his, well, his house now, but it was his mom's then. Yeah. Uh, listening to like MMR. And I remember when, uh, uh, that song, Let the Body Sit the Floor came out and they played it. They would only play it late night on like local rock stations. It wasn't on during the day. Like Pierre Rivera wasn't playing that shit. Drowning pool. <laughs> yes. That's what, yeah. Like stuff like, uh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, other than that, like working, like my dad worked for Lower Gwinnett Township, but he also had the landscaping business. So like my brother and I would always be running around doing that stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was, I was pretty like low key. Found like a quiet dork, just did my own thing, like withdraw, uh, play video games like Madden. And then when uh, Dreamcast came out, like, oh yeah, like 2K, the 2K games were awesome. Yep. Like Kyle Cowman would come over. We'd play, you know, also play like basketball in Cherry Lane a lot, just with like Neil, Kyle Cowman, and uh, uh, what, um, Davy Slentz lived in that neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Um, ah, there's another guy that lived behind us. I keep drawing blanks on his name. Shout out to Kyle Cowman for finally getting Instagram. Oh, that's right. I got to follow him. What's his name? Kyle Cowman. <laughs> oh mine's George Breckus. So nothing clever either. <laughs> yeah, that's my uh were you into were you into cars prior to like like the Josh connection? Because Josh was heavy into cars and and you know I know Ray got heavy into cars. Um yeah. as as you know, we we kind of got to know Josh and, and Scott was was into cars and I felt I was kind of like, you know, Tony had the Jeep Jeep. And I was like the the one that like I didn't have my driver's license. I wasn't into cars. I just I I wasn't into bikes. Like, were you always into cars, or did that that increase with the friendship? I was always into them. Uh, I think that's one of the like how I actually became friends with them. Because I uh, my first car I bought was a '68 Chevelle. I remember the Chevelle. Remember Josh called into that, and he's like, "There's no way this kid has a '68 Chevelle." And I think. I don't know if you were with them, but I remember him, Ray, and Ritter came by like late night. It was like seven, eight o'clock at night. Like 
this time of year where it's like dark already and cold and uh they just like pull up and like knock on the door <laughs> i was like oh yeah so i went you know pulled the car cover off of it and shit you know josh always stands there with his hand in his pocket he's just like looking at it like yeah 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 <laughs> that was nice dog yeah 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 yep so that yeah and then he helped uh he taught me a lot like i didn't know much mechanically about cars except for like i know i would watch my grandfather do like small stuff that he could do to like an old carbureted car which as cars progressed he kind of gave up on that like once it became like computerized and stuff but uh but yeah then i just you know working at chiron with josh like working on diesel trucks mowers small you know like two cycle stuff everything like i just picked his brain like try to learn as much uh from him in that capacity now our crew was infamous for having lots of cars uh yeah you know, <laughs> ray famously sold his was it, he sold his camaro for a firebird i think so yeah um and, yeah, and the, the six-cylinder one turbo i remember it had like the little turbo port to the offset on the hood but i think his dad made him give it back i think his dad made him uh, trade it back because it couldn't pass inspection but like <laughs> we we're also like you guys were also all into like cars at, at the auction or scott bought that cougar at the auction i think ray bought uh bought a car at the auction with like false bottom seats <laughs> <laughs> what was the auction that they went to so i don't uh, like Plymouth meeting, the, the old car. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. That's still there. I think it changed. By the B- yeah, by the BJs? Yes. That's funny. yeah. <laughs> um, so I remember like you had the Chevelle. Did your Chevelle catch on fire? No. Um, El Camino. The El Camino blew up on the way to Josh's dad's house in Hershey. On Hershey. Terminal. I remember that. Uh-huh. Yeah. The El Camino, okay. you crashed. No, I crashed the Chevelle. I mean, yeah, the Chevelle. I mean, yeah, crashed. yeah, yeah. Um, I do. Like, so I remember, like, yeah, we lots of different cars. Like everyone had Leon had like six different cars. Uh, everyone in our crew just like loved having cars, except for me. Yeah, that's all right. You're probably better off. I had 17 cars in my lifetime already. How are you doing? So. <laughs> Is that where is that what you would spend like your money on? You know, yeah. working all the time, just buying cars. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, well, the one I was like really invested in the Chevelle, but then I fucked that up, <laughs> totaled it. Uh, but yeah, I put a new motor. Well, I didn't put it in. I paid like a mechanic to do it. But uh, new drivetrain and everything. And I got new carpet that I installed. Changed the bucket seats in the front. I started to uh, you know, restore it slowly. As like a 16 year old kid could um but that didn't last long <laughs> were you doing that with josh uh no i think most of it, some of it some of it yes but most of it i think i had started doing when i first like met him yeah that's so like home improvement mm-hmm. but i wanted <laughs> to learn but i didn't know enough i wish i would i probably should have went to tech school for all mechanics but i didn't didn't know to do that or didn't it wasn't yeah. the thing everyone's like good to college yeah you know that's and it's funny because i don't think i thought of you well no that was exactly it. i think i wanted to go to college um then and i and i felt like all my friends none of my friends wanted to and i remember me and you knew we were going to monco together right 
I guess so. You know, I don't have like strong memory of being definitive about what I was doing. I yeah. remember being like slightly because, you know, like Monco didn't have a great reputation. Does now. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does now. And I, you know, I'm and Drama. I love my time there and I, I go yeah. back whenever I can. But back in 2001, 2000, it was like they called it 202U. Like the yeah, last right. thing you wanted to do was go to Monco. You went to Monco because no one else wanted you. That was like, unless you were a nurse. They had a great nursing okay. program, right? But like that was that was like the reputation from the outside of Monco. So I don't think I ever wanted to like commit and say, I'm going to Monco. I wanted to go to Temple, but I never got my shit together. I didn't even apply into like the last, like the deadline, the Temple deadline. I like drove my shit down there that day and applied that way. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think I ever like would, I, I can't imagine myself saying out loud, like I'm going to Monco. I'll see you there. Yeah. Right. Right. No, no, I don't. But I think we kind of just like Tony went as well. And, um, I think who else? Scott went. He, yeah, he did. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I guess he did. Uh, I like, I mean, their art program is super strong. Yeah. So what did you, I mean, you talked about, I mean, it sounds like you just, you just didn't know what you wanted to do at all um, and didn't even have like any type, but you have like these interests, but you didn't have any type of like guidance. I mean, you're into cars, you're into art, um, you're good with your hands. You do, um, you're, you do uh, landscaping. Um, it sounds like you should have been, yeah, at tech school. Did you, were you conscious of that at any point and said, oh, I fucked up? Or did that only come until way at, once you're gone was it from was it Um, No, I don't actually think I started uh, really thinking about that until a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, I kind of just kept, you know, on the same track. Like, you know, I don't know. I was always told, got to take the college, the CP courses in high school. And I remember I wasn't good at algebra or something so i had to take mcp and it was just like felt like degrading in a way and it's like yeah whatever didn't care anyway but <laughs> and this is like all right you just chug along do this thing go to monco see what happens you know your time like in like you you talked about like just wanting to kind of be on the radar and not really like it sounds like like not really like liking school so much i guess no, i, I hate it <laughs> until i went to monco did you was it different at Ambler Catholic? Oh, I really hated it. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I think if I, uh, I think, I don't know how to say it, but I guess I think I would have been better off just being in the public school system all along. Um, like I, why would have fit in better with like the diversity and stuff and like being around people with like, uh, wider interests and then always like being you know i was always like in a small group that was always like sports oriented even though you know i i was pretty good at sports i guess for my size you know and stuff like that like i liked playing it. i had the attitude for it uh like i was like an outlet right like i wasn't really that aggressive i mean i you know if i got bullied i would obviously try to stick up for myself whatnot but i usually try to avoid conflict in some fashion uh yeah. which that whole paul cannon thing i'm still like <laughs> blown away by. i was gonna say you, you told a story about that guy jacking you up 
into the lockers on freshman day thinking you were a freshman. Yeah, um, and, I was, and I mean, that when you then turned around and did it to Paul, was it? No, I don't think feedback? so. And maybe, I mean, uh, there's been um, other incidents where it's like, you know, after a while you're the one being pounded on, like you try to, you know, find someone else to shift that. Uh, yeah. You know, can you, can, can you put yourself back in that time of, and like, imagine just, you know, your person, the things that like, kind of like led me to do this podcast where I think about, which I talk about and people up until Lizzie, you know, often say like, Oh, I don't remember that at all. And like Lizzie finally said, yeah, I kind of remember like, you know, it wasn't like crazy, but like, I remember you would like have like, in, you know, incidences or confrontations with people in class. Yeah have words can you put yourself back in that time and think about the type of person that the type of kid that you were as far as you know behavioral or the way that you interacted with people in like an, an incident like paul um to even like see like oh i could see a confrontation or and i would respond this way if i felt you know what i mean can you see anything like that in your in if you, when you think back to that time yeah uh there was a couple of times I used to, what the heck was his name? There was this kid, I guess he was like, I don't know if he was great old above us or not. Um, his name was Tony. He's had a leather jacket on. Ooh. Tony with the leather jacket. Yeah. He used to, <laughs> he was like, you know, we had kind of had assigned seats in different classes in high school, but not really. Yeah. You, know, you come in, you kind of, pick the same corner that you sit in sit there. I don't know. I think he was, I think it was a full class. So I had like nowhere to sit. And I was like, I don't know why he was even in there, but like, I would always, you know, just be like the guy, like whatever. Uh, it was kind of like George McFly, right. <laughs> in a way. Yeah. After, after a while, you just fucking throw a punch. And you're like, you're so fed up. You're like, whatever. And then you're the one that ends up in more trouble, like in school suspension or something. <laughs> so like, like you would explode at some point. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like it, you know, it takes a while. I mean, I still have a tendency to get that way. Like, it, I'll let things slide for a while, but it, after a while, it's just aggravating or you get agitated or something. Yeah. <laughs> but I never like seek it. It just always came to me for some reason, I guess, because I was at the time, you know, five foot one, didn't shave. I had like the like peach fuzz mustache, glasses look like a total nerd right you probably remember what i looked like more than i did i think i would like steer clear mirrors i didn't want to know what i look like uh. <laughs> super shy i was like mclovin and george mcfly put together man <laughs> i don't know uh i mean you know that's what's interesting is like you said that you kind of like felt like like well you said originally you didn't feel like you were bullied or anything but then like but you also felt like you kind of like had these incidences that would build up and like that would push you. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I guess that's surprising. Yeah. I remember it happened a lot in Amber Catholic, <laughs> like so many times the principal sister, Catherine, she would always be reaming me, Dan Frick and Billy Chivarelli, a new one. She'd be like, all you guys do is agitate, agitate, agitate. Like I remember that, <laughs> but who knows? Like, I don't know why it's, found myself in those situations bored i guess did you have like stems from boredom for sure all that stuff does right think about that today uh 
that's I think a lot of my issues stem stem from boredom in in class. Like I once I think I understand something, I, I shut it out and I go about my way and saying or looking at other things and that's when you yeah. start minding other people's business. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like learning from lectures in a textbook. Like I like things to be a little more tangible or something. Did you have like a class you were like you were actually good at academically? Oh, in high school? Ah, uh, geez. Now, like I, I like I said, foreign language is new, so I did poorly in Spanish, um, English. I just didn't want to write. Hmm. Uh, what? Um, like even gym, like I love sports and shit, but like I was kind of like the new kid and was like never picked like when we did things in gym. So I kind of like, I don't know, lost interest in that quickly. And then like just the, the time period of having gym, like first or second period and like being sweaty. The right, and I didn't want to shower. There's no fucking way. There, no one showered. There was no showers. Oh, I think there were there, in the dome. No one showered though. You just no, we were there. We had the lockers. We had to go in and change or whatnot but no one showered like the no, i don't think so maybe just like i think like mickles or someone like that probably would have <laughs> no one showered i that's like that's, like i hate that today i yeah. can't stand that when i think back i just go that was ridiculous dude now they have a pool like i can't imagine like the schools that had pools like for the women that were going through like whatever they had to go through and like you're in swim class like fuck that right <laughs> my wife's like, I oh, did. She like dodged that class, like I think. <laughs> I was talking with someone recently about that. Like they hated swimming. Yeah. They hated swimming. Like how did like why? I don't get it. Like have I don't know. I just I don't get it. I mean, there's definitely <laughs> probably more now than ever. You definitely need some kind of like uh focus on health. I'm <laughs> sure, but it's like just to play dodgeball or kickball or like stupid yeah, it's dumb it's like teach people more about nutrition or whatever and then hygiene maybe at the end of school like you do something at least hygiene yeah hygiene for sure oh yeah uh i remember mr mr lomity was awesome he was the lacrosse coach right and also taught 11th grade health yeah was, you know, stds and stuff like that wow i forgot all about he, he was an awesome he was an awesome teacher, I thought. Mr. Lomity, I forgot all about Yeah, he was cool. And also, it was social lab with Mr. Uh, Farentino. Mr. Farentino. So, was social lab where you got a job? Yes. Yeah, you went to school for like half the day. And you learned about like economic, like whatever topics. Like, hot, uh, like I guess it was like current events topics. Like, it was about the economy and like stuff like that. And SUVs running rampant and fuel <laughs> prices and shit like that so i mean that's that's a little bit different right that's you know in the, it's not tech school but it's a little bit what did you what was your job what would you do for yeah that? i worked uh i interned at um an architecture office uh in springhouse joseph zadlo so my dad knew him so i guess i guess that's how that kind of thing worked out too so. So none of this stuff, I mean, you've had, you had your hands in like way more stuff than I did, but none of this stuff you like you ever thought about as you're going through school about like a job or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I, yeah, I wish I could go back and like, like really 
pick apart what the hell I was thinking. Because I ended up, you know, doing a, I went to Monaco for two years for graphic design. Okay. Realized I did not want to sit at a computer all day. I couldn't. It just drove me nuts. Uh, so I think I, yeah, I did those two years. I took a semester off and I worked for a contractor. Uh, True Blood Construction, they're out of Springhouse. They build like custom multi-million dollar mansions. Oh, okay. So I did that for like uh, not long at all. Didn't like that. <laughs> at the time, I was like, I don't know about this either. Uh, so like listening to your conversation with Lizzie and also you, you know, we weren't alone in the fact that we just had no clue like what we wanted to do, what we wanted to be and where we wanted to be, I guess. So it's funny. Uh, yeah. There's always been like one like common theme or thread throughout my whole life is that I, I really enjoy being a laborer, just like a blue collar laborer. Like I, I like shoveling, I like doing stuff like that. It doesn't bother me to, um, you know, admit that I have a master's degree, but yet my career still falls in line with just being a laborer. Can you, can you, explain what that do you know what it is that you love about it i like the physicality of it for sure and i think that's why you know you know even with art like i finally found a focus with ceramics because it's you know it's physical and it's it's earth you mm-hmm. know it's <laughs> there's chemistry behind it it's kind of cool it's like multifaceted in that way uh you know if you're a potter you're you're you know it's utilitarian so you're it's kind of like a trade. You're a craftsman. It carries like all those like cool like buzzwords for me anyway. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so then at what point did you start going like you took off uh, for a semester? And then at what point do you decide to keep going in school? Um. Yeah, I don't know if it was like a uh, just not understanding like like culture or class or like, you know, like seeing like how hard my dad worked and like, man, I really don't want to do that. I should probably still try to like attempt college and see if I can like because that's what hell was sold to us. It's like, oh, you can make like six figures if you go to college where like your parents only make like 40 grand or something. Yeah. But it's like, not true. <laughs> Uh, so I, I don't know if I, at the time, just for some odd reason, thought that I could be like, I could separate myself from Ambler for lack of better phrases. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean by that? Yeah. I feel like you and I have talked about that. Oh, probably. Um, Yeah. Both having left the area for, for a bit and, um, both being like close, but we're actually not back at all uh either one of us still even though we're not too far right um, i feel like we both talked about that like just the, uh, the desire to like get away and get out and stay away. Yeah, just to see i mean it's fun it's also you know i've met so many different people and i have like best friends that live throughout the country now which is cool uh so then what where did, what was the move then so oh the initial uh, move yeah so okay um yeah, I'm not good at categorizing these uh, stories here, are I? Right. Um, That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That's the, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, I took that, 
that semester off, I worked with this builder and then I landscaped and then I was like, you know what, you know, I, I, I truly have a passion for art and like a, a talent for it as well, I guess. Not, nobody wants to admit that they have a talent, but you know, obviously I'm almost 40 art. years old now, so it's there. Uh, it's something that I can't get rid of, so, <laughs> right? I, I can draw. Got it. And I can, you know, kind of make whatever I want to make in a way. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I was just like, you know, like I really want to just be an artist. Like I didn't want the career aspect of it, like graphic designs or anything corporate like that. Mm-hmm. You know, my whole life, even way before I realized it, just have never been a fan of capitalism or corporate America or any of that sort. So, uh, um, <clears throat> yeah, so I rolled back in just as a fine art major. I didn't do the BA in arts and graphic design. I think I got two associates degrees from there, but whatever. You went back to Monco. Uh-huh. Did all our two years because I went through and did all like the studio arts uh, focus. And then you could do this dual enrollment thing, which I didn't learn about until it was too late. So like if I excelled and maintained like a B average, like they would partner up with like Tyler School of Art or other programs. And I think it was like easier to get accepted when you transferred. Yeah, for the core transfer, core to yeah, core. So I didn't know that. But anyway, like, um, Still being like the shy kind of kid, you know, I was a little outgoing. You know, I would talk to like people in class and go to the cafeteria, eat lunch with them. We had like big groups on the art, uh, uh, what they call it, the, uh, the art barn? Was the art barn? Yeah, I think. And Monco. Monco, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and then we would go to the cafeteria for like the two hour break between like the morning and afternoon sessions or whatnot. Uh, so it was like a career go. It was fun. I would work on the off days and then like go Monday, Wednesday, Friday to Monco and like just drive there, get there early. Cause you know how hard it was to get a parking spot. <laughs> I'd get there. Park, park house, park. college hall. Yeah. You park and just never leave. Right. You stay there. You went to the cafeteria. You mm. did not want to lose your spot. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't afford it. It was a nightmare when you came back. If you had to leave for something. Horrible. Uh, man, I forgot about that struggle. huh? <laughs> that struggle was real. I would, uh, I would, uh, it got to the point, you know, I was doing the radio show. I was doing the radio show. Yeah. Um, I would come down and hang out with you, remember? Yeah. Down below the cafeteria. Or yeah. The same, yeah. In, down in College Hall. Um, you did like Hip Hop Wednesdays or some shit, didn't you? Or Hip Hop Wrestling. Yeah, we also did a hip hop thing, didn't you? We did, uh, so we did, um, we would do like hip hop. I would play hip hop on my show, like for the commercial. Oh, okay. But then we'd also do like a hip hop thing on Fridays. And then like at some point I became the hip hop director there. See? Okay. I knew it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but the only show I ever had was a wrestling show, Figures. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, similar to you, you know, that's that's the cool thing about Monco. Yeah. Um, you know, I ask you all these questions and it's like, on the flip side, I also had no idea what it was I wanted to do. And it wasn't until I got to Monco and Doing video, sure. Um, I got I I got so comfortable from a technical standpoint, but then also doing radio. Yeah. And you know, I'm a shy person. I I came up, you know, I've talked about before doing the childhood acting thing. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> child model and all that stuff. And I've always been very, very shy in that way of like putting myself out there at, in an audition 
or, you know, on the runway or I can just, you know, there's kids that are, you, you know, are like childhood actors. You look at them and go, that's, I wasn't that kid. I didn't step out and go, I can do that. Yeah, right. I'll yeah. do that. I have that talent. That was never me. But what I discovered was on a microphone, I've got flavor. You know, yeah. I can, I can, I can talk. I can tell great stories. Um, I can, I've got, I've got some style on a microphone. Um, and I didn't learn that until Monco. Um, and it, it took, it took my second year to get there. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I got to come back to that thing. Remember, well, real quick, remember the, the freestyle battles and like with like Rafi Sanchez and shit like that. Was, I remember, do remember that being caught up, like watching that. That was awesome. Yeah. So, okay. So I get back into Monco, fine arts track, uh, take like all the drawing class. Oh no, I took drawing. That was like prereq for those. Stuff. So I think I, started taking painting like oil painting and things like that and then i started expiring all those because i would take like painting one two and three uh whatever class one two and three um so you know i had to go see the the advisor to uh, register for the next semester and she's like oh yeah you're looking good you're looking good oh wait a minute she's like you haven't taken any electives yet have you i was like uh i don't know (laughs) i guess not huh i was like what are my options and she was like well She's like, if you want to major in fine arts, you know, and transfer in fine arts, she's like, you got to fulfill some other studio requirements. She's like, how about photography or ceramics? I was like, oh, man. I was like, I, I kind of, I remember taking photography in high school, which is fine. I just wasn't my thing. Wasn't into the uh, process at all. Um, so I was like, yeah, I was like, all right, I guess I'll take ceramics. So I like, you know, registering and enrolling ceramics one i get there you go through like the syllabus day introduction i'm just like still like eh, whatever and then uh finally you start to get involved and i remember this thing finally presenting me with like this this challenge where i could not grasp the concept of like centering on the wheel and it taken me like almost a whole semester just to like figure that out and i remember just like that <clears throat> like the, that challenge or struggle uh that actually like really intrigued me right because it's like then it's like this earth and then glazes are like uh pulverized rock and suspension and like with certain temperatures and fluxes they melt and they create this glass you know so it, like all this started to connect right mm. <clears throat> i was like wow this is like this is totally awesome <laughs> so i just kept with it I took like every ceramics class I could there. Then I um, started talking to one of the teachers there and they were like, well, yeah, there's, if you want to stay local, like Arcadia has this really good program. Uh, This professor Paula Winokur teaches there, which she had just retired like that same year I was transferring in. So I ended up with this guy, Greg Moore, who both my wife and I had as, you know, a professor there and mentor, great guy. Uh, He lives in the Glenside area, has his own like, like studio shop on um, Glenside Ave. Anyway, but yeah, he's now crazy. He's been there for 15 15 years or something. What another person working as a working artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phenomenal. Yep. So, you know, then you really start to like focus in on like the academic side and like you start to learn like the history of ceramics like from, you know, China and Japan, Korea, and then even like 
Mesoamerican pottery and you start to like all these ideas start to come together and then like you kind of like pick out what you what draws your attention and then there's like these working artists there's just potters that make a living making like killer pots there's the professor track you can teach at a university and i'm like oh here it is right it's not like corporate really but it, which universities kind of are now <laughs> so it's, <laughs> but the but art it, always have a little bit of a a little bit of leeway yeah yeah well that, that's the cool thing about it especially like when you're in an art program i mean they kind of most professors are at the same sort of mindset we would yeah so uh but yeah it was just i don't know it was it was it it was me it was like it was mud and not to be cliche but uh but it was like the earth it was like me digging you know wedging clay throwing pots building sculpt like slab structures yeah like, like building right building i guess that's like the thing that's what uh um crap might have to edit that skip there i can't really call what the hell my thesis exhibition was called <laughs> at arcadia now at uh, illinois state my uh master's of fine art thesis well, but yeah so arcadia you had to do a thesis there as well and have a 20-page paper <laughs> backing it wow was, so, you know you you talked about like like not liking school itself um how did you find you know college outside of your <laughs> your art classes yeah uh you know like undergrad monco and stuff i hated taking like psychology and like the classes that you had to take for whatever reason even at, when i transferred to arcadia i had to take <laughs> another math class this and that oh i took italian one and two which was way better than spanish i guess because i had a connection to it i guess <laughs> but like those class, I, I don't know it was like what a waste of time like why do you have to do that why can't you just come in with a focus and fucking focus on it right like uh, it, yeah you have to take these well because it costs money I, exactly but it's exhausting and it, like it really distracts you from like what you really want to do in a way when i, mean, I got, like, have a background and stuff but i don't think you have to continuously do it when i got my my bachelor's at temple um in film i remember i took i had taken so many classes in my major so many film classes i couldn't take any more credits mm. and i had to take other i had to take classes in other in other uh majors so i start i found like you know jews and cinema is a religion class oh yeah 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 and i love when he signed off on that kind of stuff in african-american movies is a cultural is a, is a, or is a black studies class yeah um and so they you know they didn't fall into my film area but my senior year i had like three classes i think i had like uh i think i had like blacks in cinema i had weight training and i had my thesis and that was it my thesis was four hours a day yeah and you get like half the credits for it it's all awesome. it was a full it was a full year class yeah. and yeah it was like four hours a day like these film labs where you're going through your footage that you shoot and then the rest of the days you're going through like theory and, and all that. But like all I did was focus pretty much for my senior year was focus on film. And that for me felt like the the best I'd ever been, the most productive, the the, the most focused I'd ever been on what it is I yeah. do and, and what I'm good at and how to keep getting better at that. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I don't get why that's not the, the format, but uh, because like you're going to want to learn, you'll, you'll eventually 
want to learn something, you'll go seek it out on yourself. Like that's what liberal arts gives you the flexibility to like design your own course, I guess, or not, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. But then also it, it teaches you how to like think and research, right? Yeah. That's all you need. Like you don't have to take math. Why do I got to take math? I want nothing to do with math. Uh, I failed a math class. The only class I failed. Well, I failed a class in high school once, Japanese, uh, my senior, my freshman year. And that's when I went to Spanish. But in college, I failed one, failed one in class. And it was like a history of math um, at Monco taught by Katie Ryan. Yeah, taught by Katie Ryan's mom. You remember Katie Ryan from graduated with us, uh, dated yeah. Jason Herb. And her mom. Oh, okay, the name came up in his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her mom failed me. It's like it was like learning about Copernicus and like the history of the sun and all. And like it was an eight a.m. class, and I was trying to do the, the the college thing. And oh, it was terrible. It was horrible. You learn about the history of the sun through a Western culture game. Right. Terrible. And maybe the Mayans, that'd be cool. Oh, it's horrible. It was terrible. Yeah, I don't get like like the math, like the levels of math that they make you take like general courses in college. It's like it's not gonna teach me how to weigh out glazes. Like I already know it's simple like arithmetic. Like I don't need algebra or anything. Well, also, how about like once I sign up for what I want to do, how about if if math is if there's some sort of math that's really important in that field, then I have to take it. Yeah, you know, if there's some sort of like weird arithmetic I got to do to figure out like film footage and 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 light and f stops and 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 stuff like that, you know, with light meters, like cool. And yeah. then I understand why I need to take calculative film math or whatever it is. But like, don't just make me have to choose from these nine math classes that you offer that are that are open and say, I have to have math because you need another 450 bucks out of it. Yeah, right. And it's like a waste of nine hours of your week. <laughs> yeah, yep, I agree. Uh, but that's like, even with like the public school, I think that's why kids, like people like we're just so bored. It's not yeah, challenging. It's because we don't, I mean, it could be challenging, I guess, if we we're interested in that subject, but it, if you don't have the interest, you're not going to want to be challenged. But it's, it's like, well, that's why it was interesting, you know, when as you're talking about like being in Arcadia and all that, like you know, you could tell like you've got like this passion for what you're doing. Yeah. You're able to set your schedule. You're able to set your path yeah. uh, rather than having kind of arbitrary. Yeah, like what? Well, like there is glaze calc, like that kind of math. Sure, I'll figure that out when I have to, and I did. It's like, but I don't need to take like trigonometry or anything right. i don't even know what the hell trigonometry is to tell you the truth or calculus i thought calculus was like learning how to use a calculator when i was in high school that's how stupid i was <laughs> i had no clue what calculus is still to this day no fun uh, <laughs> don't want to know either care less it's a it is a class where you have a really pretty teacher and you have other pretty girls that sit all around you most of them named stephanie that is what calculus means to me Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you failed it. A's, brother. A's. Yeah. I paid. I paid. I paid attention to that class. Who was that? Who was the math teacher yet? Pastor. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. 
I didn't have, I heard I had like one of the Saviors and then I had Mr. Um oh no, Mr. Brody. He was awesome. Brody taught calculus also, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't take calculus. I took like pre-algebra or something. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something simple. <laughs> MCP. So what did you end up graduating from Arcadia with? Yeah, Bachelor of Fine Arts with a concentration in ceramics. Ah, okay. So then I um so that uh and it took me a while. Like I, you know, I took that semester off, went back in, transferred, stuff like that. I didn't graduate with my bachelor's until 2008. Right. Well, you did, yeah, you did two, you did two yeah. years each, right? You did four yeah. years at, at Monco with a split in the middle, a break yeah. in the middle. Um, and then yeah, at Arcadia. Yeah, so I think most of our class would have, you know, in four years been out in 05, right? Yeah, because I graduated 06. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So okay, cool. Uh yeah, so there was that. And then I did a um so after that, I applied to a residency up in northwest New Jersey called Peters Valley Craft Center. So I was their summer resident assistant in ceramics, uh, which is a really good experience. I did that for the summer of 2009 and then uh, met one of the workshop presenters there who lived in New Jersey as well. He's like a world-renowned potter. Uh, so I stayed in that area and then worked for him. So were you living in Jersey? I did, yeah. I lived in Jersey. That was my first move away. So yeah, I was going to ask you because like yeah. you, know, you talked about like wanting to both of us like that, like kind of like be a bit away and, and see yeah. some different things and all that. But it took you eight years nine years to get there to actually move away so what's that like that whole you know what's going on that whole time you're still an ambler oh knowing that i was going to be away no i just mean that that uh, whole time yeah just like life you know yeah. you're still you're still home yeah i'd be hanging out with people then if i you know we turned 21 and i started drinking beer <laughs> <laughs> then my whole world opened up I was like George with a personality. <laughs> I don't know what the actual like transition was. I think yeah, I remember one day my brother coming home and he's like, dude, guess who I saw today? I'm like, who? He's like, Mike Malazzi. I'm like, no way. Cause he was like, you know, upper Dublin high school uh-huh. and stuff. And I haven't seen him since, you know, I don't know, pretty much since he left Amber Catholic in fourth grade or whatever and went to uh <clears throat> I don't know, I guess. I don't know if you went to Sandy Run. I don't. I don't know their middle school orientation there. But uh, anyway, <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, we're gonna play football, uh, like Saturday or so, whatever day it was. He's like, you want to play? You know, we were all talking. We we're like, they all want to like see you and stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So started playing like backyard fo- pickup football again at the band practice field up off. Uh, uh, but behind high school where like the student parking lot is. Yeah. Dagger Road. Yeah, yeah, Dagger Road. Thank you. Couldn't think of it. <laughs> um so then yeah, like like reconvened with like Mike Malazzi and you know, like the Coppolellas and the Mastromatos and and we're yeah. all we have gotten to like this routine where we played like hard like tackle football, no pads, <laughs> like hardcore, like not even lying, like guys like broke their collarbones and tore ACLs and broken noses and jaws. And we just kept doing it for like five years straight. Wow. <laughs> we like, it was like the old school. Cause the, the 
generation before us, like uh, Anthony Fideli and like those guys, they would play against like guys from Abington and they actually played against Eddie George. The, he played running back for the Titans or the, yeah, it was the Titans, wasn't it? Yeah. Titans. Yeah. 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 Running back? Yeah. 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 He's from Abington. So his dad worked at Standard Press Steel uh, down in Jenkintown. Oh. I believe. Anyway, yeah. So, so it was like this cool thing. And like my dad's generation, they always played pickup games against like the neighboring towns. So we started doing that. We were playing these guys from like the city and stuff. And it got like hardcore. <laughs> Where like Joey Bach would like film it. But then I don't know if he, anything ever came in the videos and stuff. Wow. Yeah, it was fun. Um, but yeah, we would brutalize each other. Kind so- of. Yeah, more physical, more physical stuff. Yeah, so then, yeah, so then, you know, I started hanging out with those guys more. And then they were like my drinking buddies when we turned 21. We would like go to rookies day in and day out on Fireside when it switched up, switched yep. hands, changed yep. hands. And then Fireside has like phenomenal food, like their wood fired brick oven pizzas and everything. Like, oh, it was just cool, like a good time. And then, and then my dad would like hang out with us at the bar and shit. It was fun. <laughs> That's uh, uh, that for a while, long time. <laughs> I remember, like that was a uh, that's like kind of the time I really remember hanging out with you or one on one, you know, because Alyssa was away at school. Yeah, she um, went to Cooks now. Yep. Yeah, and she would come home on the weekends, but and Josh was yeah. working pretty hard, and then I think he was he was at his grandparents at the time, and so he yeah. would kind of yeah. go home and and but like you and I were still kind of in the area, especially you know I was still working at Wawa. So I was still in, I was still an Ambler um, yep. and I was hanging out in Ambler still with like Biggs and Shizra and, and Fat Boy and that, and that whole, you know, yeah. that whole Wawa crew. And yeah, like you said, rookies like uh, every night. And I talked with Jason Herb, like that's where he and I used to always kind of like run into each other and, and kick it. So um, yeah. yeah, that was definitely like that, that period of time. I remember um, like hanging out with you, like I said, like, buying Scarface and you coming yeah. over and like coming to watch Scarface and, and all that stuff. That was like that, that era, that era. Um, but that was also like, as an adult, really like when I really got to know your dad, Yeah, you know, I, like he was kind of like around and, and working at Wawa. I would always see him and Larry, of course, like yeah, all those township guys, would go there, all yeah. those guys and, and the police of Laura Gwynedd yep. Paul Kennedy was coming in, but like when, <laughs> But then when we were like 21 or so, like, and going to, you know, going to bars and like your 21st birthday party, I remember, and, and your graduation party and like <laughs> just all these things were like, or, you know, getting to, to know your dad, it was, he was one of like the, one of like the first, like, like kind of like older guys that, you know, would hang out with, you know, for me, yeah. um, outside of like my little <laughs> group of like you know Ray's dad and Daniel Pitcher's dad and um I know, talk about you like your your dad a little bit he was such a fun character oh, yeah. He, yeah he loved it uh I mean I don't know where to start but uh I mean probably like awesome dad right uh worked two jobs my whole life you know I was like really into sports loved the Eagles the Sixers the Raiders I remember <laughs> When the Sixers traded Al Iverson, he was so pissed. He was so pissed. I think he burned his Al Iverson jersey. He's like, I'm fucking upset. 
yeah, hover track. He was like that? someone in the pen relays and stuff. He loved track. Really? He always wanted to run track. I, I tried it for a little bit, but like, man, kudos to anyone that made it as a career runner, like Jess Davis, that like track practice just seems brutal. <laughs> like the most boring, boring like smart. mundane thing. What did you go out for? Um, I actually ran for Amber Catholic or CYO in the pen relays one year. <laughs> really? Uh, I was like more like an 800 guy. Wow. Like I didn't have the speed to be like a real sprinter, and it was just like didn't have the the mindset to run any further than that at the time. Now, were you your dad's hardcore Raiders? Were you all yeah. Raiders? Still am. They're playing tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, when we were growing up, like that was yeah. kind of the tail end of of the Raiders, like big time. And then it was like right when we were graduating again with like Jerry Rice and, and Rich Gannon and, and yeah. yeah. What was that? What was that like going through that whole run? With my dad? Oh man, I, I remember I I actually cried when they lost. Wow. Yep. Well they uh what was it the year? That year was the one they lost in the playoffs. It was oh they lost to the Patriots, a tuck rule. In the playoffs. And then the next year they went back and but uh Al Davison wanna keep John Gruden as a coach and then he went on to coach the Buccaneers and the Buccaneers beat <laughs> it's like that was the beat the well yeah. but the Buccaneers yeah. beat the Eagles in yes the, in the O two NFC championship. That's right, yeah, because like the last game of the vet. That that early two thousands, Gannon and McNabb were like neck and neck for it like league mvp gana got a one year because they both would like have the most rushing yards as a quarterback yeah. at the time before vic really started mm. coming around and taking off you know he wasn't even a league in the league yet. yeah i don't think so he was like a couple years later yeah, yeah. he was still at virginia tech yeah yeah, yeah. but and- the local boy shout out that's right uh st joe's prep and then delaware yeah that's right he's from i don't know where he's from like the east falls area or Abbey. i don't know where he's from i don't know I didn't, he, I didn't even know he was I, I knew he went to St. Joe's, but I didn't know he went I know around the year. Yeah, he's from the area. Yeah. Um, and then you said you said that uh you were also a big reggae fan, and I knew your dad, and I don't think I knew it until like you know, hanging outside of like the firehouse or something like that. And he's yeah. like in reggae, and he's like, You don't know about this shit. And I'm like, <laughs> what the really like Here's your dad, this little white guy that just loves reggae, and he's talking like deep cuts. Uh huh. He was deep in cuts. every every Sunday morning. He would get up early, and uh, he would have like these mixtapes from his buddies. I'll tell you the whole story before that, but that's all I heard. Like every Sunday morning was just him downstairs, just feet up on the couch, just chilling because the only day he didn't have to work, uh, listening to reggae. So uh, yeah, when he was a kid, grew up on Main Street. Uh, right, his yard backed up to the lumber yard that burnt down. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. He's uh, actually next to where um, like Tristan Harold and them lived, I think, for a while. Okay, they were right on that that same block where Forest T's in the main. Mm-hmm. So that house, the corner of Forest and Main, where the brewery is now, was his longtime friends who moved from Jamaica to Ambler. Oh, Griffin. and uh. So like Jeff, there's like Brian, Jeff, Steve, and then the sister Marva, and then Ian, the younger brother. Well, Ian's older than Steve, I think. But uh, 
But Steve, actually, he uh, he holds track records at Wissahickon. Really? For the Junior Olympics. And actually had a full scholarship to Auburn where he was roommates with Bo Jackson. No lie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Played pickup, played pickup basketball with Barkley because Barkley went to Auburn. And then he ran in the 84 Olympics for Jamaica, won a bronze medal in the 4x400 relay. <laughs> Not lying. <laughs> wow. So that's why my dad was so into reggae in track. Wow. He would go to the pen relays every year and he was like ecstatic that my birthday's April 30th because it's like the weekend pen relays fall. <laughs> my grandfather was a PIAA official. No uh, shit. Yeah. yeah. And and he used to take me to in high school, he would take me to the pen relays. Um and he we would sit literally at at the finish line. Okay. Right behind Bill Cosby. Like sure. literally. Not like in the same area, like Bill Cosby would be sitting in the row right in front, like literally right in the seat in front of me and yeah. gave me a hot dog at one, one time. Like, yeah. Oh, man. And then, uh, yeah, like long stretch where like me and Andrew Pelleggi and, uh, you know, well, me, him and my brother and my dad would work at Kenny's Christmas trees. Uh, we always unloaded trucks the Thanksgiving Eve. Mm. Uh, and then like Paul Dooley as well. And yeah. um, we would uh you know they they brought in um Brian Keenan, he would do it. So like we would all do that, work there, go home, shower up, and then go to PJ Willenhands and just get like hammered, right? <laughs> and we did that for like years. Wow. Years. And then just like would be regulars at Fireside. We would bounce back and forth from Fireside to PJ Willahans. And then sometimes Reeds. Yeah. Sometimes Bar 31. Casey's Alley. Like that was just like, you know, thing. So you and, were bona fide local. For yeah. Yep. yep. So that wasn't like never had any intentions of like <laughs> really like drinking or being involved in the bar scene, but I just like how how like I recognized that I became like outgoing. I don't know if it was because like, just like the guys I was hanging out, like, you know, Andrew Pelleggi, I mean, he's always outgoing. It's like those guys just being around those guys or had something to do with just like socializing, drinking beer. Yeah. Is your mom from Ambler? Yes. Yep. My whole family. So my mom, my grandfather, my maternal grandfather moved to Ambler in 1937. Wow. From Italy. Is uh, they came over. His dad worked at the he's the, the asbestos plant, and then my great grandfather died at a really early age from mesothelioma. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I don't know when my dad's family actually migrated here. I think it grew up. My grandfather on that side may have like grew up on Forest Avenue or Maple or so. I don't know where, but. He worked for MCHEM, which was like the other industry in Ambler, other than the lumberyard at the time. So along the train tracks there still. Uh, and, you know, when we talk about like wanting to get out, did you feel like that then? Or did you? was it once you left and like got to Jersey and Illinois that, and, you know, Nebraska and then Illinois that you kind of felt that way of like, oh, this is what I needed. Did you feel like that? prior to you going away for college or while this is going on, did you feel that way while you're living? Uh, not at all. It wasn't until I had that, 
I had discovered ceramics. And then it's just like, you got to seek these opportunities, like build your resume to get into a grad program to do this, to do that, like that kind of thing. So you just follow that. Yeah. And then you like discover people who are there and you want to like, um, you know, learn under them or work with them or build a kiln with them. So you kind of follow those paths. Uh, and then like, once you're in it, uh, it's like really cool to like to discover like all these other people with these different experiences, these different cultures, personalities and whatnot. Where were you at in life as far as where you were living and where you were going to school when, when your dad passed? Oh shit. Yeah. So he passed in June of 2007 and that was the summer before my last year at Arcadia. And then you ended up leaving in like what? Oh nine. Yeah. So I think maybe that had something to do with it too. Maybe it was just like, well, you know, you, you only kind of live once, you know, you go like try to like travel a bit, even though it's not <laughs> really traveling as I wish I would, you know, That's... would have taken other opportunities to like maybe go to Europe or Asia or India or somewhere else. I've never really been out of the country other than like the Caribbean. <laughs> now that we're not allowed to leave now, <laughs> you start thinking like, God, I should have gone somewhere, but um, I've never, I haven't, yeah, I've been to Canada and I've been to Dominican Republic and, and that's it for me, you know, outside of the country. Um, so I definitely yeah. feel the same way, but no, I mean, when you go away to, you know, Illinois or Nebraska, um, you meet different people, you're going to the bars and, and, you know, all just all those things are different culturally. And so, uh, no, that's traveling. That yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like from grad school in Illinois, I, I have best friends from one guy's from the Boston area. And actually his wife's from Bay Area. Uh, they now live in Minnesota because they went to um, Carleton College in the Minneapolis area. That's where they met. But then they came. She got into the same grad program I was in, traveled to the Midwest and then uh, met uh, two other guys from St. Louis area, which was not far from where we were. So I would travel there with them and like learn a little bit about that city, which was cool. Great barbecue. Yeah. Good beers, everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, you just, you go to a different school, especially a grad program. Well, I guess even undergrad, like people are coming from every which way yeah. you never know who you're going to run into or meet. And actually, like, kind of like, <clears throat> you know, connect with or fall in love with in some kind of way, you know? Yeah. Like a, there's, they, you know, more than a handful of people that I've met along the way that I would consider like best friends now that live miles away from me. But we still like talk to them on the phone for like hours, like how I'm chatting with you, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. Yeah, and my, my my travels from WWE and Temple, um, yeah, you know, have the exact same where you know I've just got friends all over the country um, <laughs> that I talk to, visit, well, used to visit, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know, right, <laughs> yeah, but we'll talk to for like hours, um, you know, keep in contact with all the time, and um, it's one of those things I do feel very lucky about to kind of you know have such a sprawling to be able to you know, have a group of friends in Connecticut or San Francisco or, you know, and, and just be able to, no matter where you're going to have like a, a crew. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like 
uh, when I did the postback program at Syracuse. So that was the move after. So I went to New Jersey, came back, and I worked for Haynes and Kibble House, which is a, a huge civil contracting company around here. Uh, I was on their site side. So like doing demo, like a demo to Frankfurt Arsenal. Oh, wow. I was on that crew that was around while they were doing that. Uh, so I did that for like a, a season and I got laid off in the winter, which is like an industry kind of standard. Standard. Laid off now. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> which is nice. Nice little break. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, I really, I still, it's like, I have this job that's like a great paying job, union, benefits, blah, blah, blah. But then like still in the back of my mind, I was like, no, George, no. Like you gotta, you gotta follow like this art path somehow. You gotta give it one last chance. So then I quit that job. Uh, it was funny because, well, my professor from Arcadia, Greg Moore, he had reached out and he's like, hey, George, he's like, I'm going on sabbatical. I have a guy coming in. Um, uh, and then also we're the edition's finished. We're getting all these new kilns. He's like, he's like, he's like, where do you find yourself? He's like, I really like someone familiar with the program to come in and like operate all the kilns and like help out with the, yeah. the intermediate professor and, or the interim professor and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, light bulb, like perfect opportunity. Like I really want to like try to get into a grad program. I can access the studio and, you know, build all my portfolio and things like that. So I did that. And then, then from there, then I went to the Syracuse for a postback, which is like a thing in fine arts. Okay. It's like between undergrad and grad school, it's like another year to actually focus on your portfolio, make other connections, things like that. Uh, and there, I was like immersed in with the grad program there, which is like a really mm -hmm. big program. And it was at the same time that the the Orangemen had uh, uh, who's the guy the Sixers drafted, and they got rid of him like a year later. MCW, yeah, 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 yeah. My Carl Williams is there, and that dude Christmas and stuff like that. And I remember they lost, Christmas. like in the Final Four or something. I remember when the bus came back, <laughs> so with Jim Beheim and stuff, and everyone's like sitting out there cheering for him. Still, it was pretty cool. <laughs> you know, it's like who the hell finds themselves in a place like that where it's like, you know, you come from like a, a sports family background, and then like you know the Eagles had like McNabb from Syracuse, and then like you're up there now, and then it's like the orange men's basketball team is like hot. And it's like, yeah. Right. What was that like coming from like, like from Wizzick and which is a very small school to Monco to Arcadia, all very small to then to Syracuse. <laughs> well, luckily I was just like going there just to focus with uh, people at the, in the art program. So it was kind of small. Okay. Uh, but the campus was huge and the city it's like a post-industrial city which i'd never experienced so it'd be like going to buffalo or rochester or something like that which i've then i've gone to those cities as well and it, they're fun to visit man i guess it's like pittsburgh which right you know, I'm embarrassed to say i still have yet to visit a city that's like five hours away from us oh man we should go to pittsburgh sometime they treat me like yeah, i like to my wife has friends that live there and a cousin that lives there so we have the opportunity to do it we just let, let me tell you yeah. Go with me to Pittsburgh. You don't pay for a thing. They treat me like I'm God. They think I'm they think I'm uh, uh Franco Harris. Oh no shit. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> I mean like legit. Like no, that little, is awesome. Little kids, like little kids coming up to you in the elevator, like Mr. Ha 
Oh, you're not him. You do look. I never thought that. I, <laughs> I don't want a lot. I never actually, you know, put two and two together. But yeah, yeah, you should rock some like Steelers gear one day. Get like that. I love those Bumblebee jerseys they have, or the the jailbreak jerseys. What they call? Them. Are they called Bumblebee. I can't be a. I can't be a. Is it Bumblebee or jailbreak? They call them the jailbreak. Jailbreak. Uh, I got a buddy that would know all this, but I can't be. I can't yeah. be those guys. I like the Steelers though. I don't know. Even though I'm a Raiders fan, the Immaculate Reception hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Franco Harris as well, because he was what he was. He was mixed. He was like Italian and African American. Yeah. Cool, like awesome football player, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, legendary. Hall yeah. of Yeah, yeah. Hall of Fame for sure. So then. Yeah. So then uh, where did you go from Syracuse? You went to that when you get to Nebraska? <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So <laughs> when I went back to Arcadia to be the kiln tech and stuff like that while the professor is on sabbatical, um, uh, is when I met my wife. <laughs> oh. Can't leave the story out of the story, right? Yeah, you said it was, you said it was at Arcadia. I assumed it was yeah. when you were taking classes. Nah. So I was, uh, I'm seven years older than her. Okay. Yeah. But it was all legit. Like, I was never responsible for her grade or anything like that. I was just a studio tech. <laughs> but uh, so my first semester back there as the studio tech, she was, because, you know, they have, like the, the big study abroad program there. Well, Lizzie brought that up. Mm-hmm. She went there to study abroad through them, I think, right? right? Didn't you met something like that? So yeah. uh, for a while, I think they were ranked like one or two in the nation for studying abroad. I don't know if they still are. You know, this is back in like 2011 or 12 ish. Okay. Something like that. So, you know, um, I'm just there, like within the program, like doing stuff, teacher assisting, firing all the kilns, fixing all the clay, cleaning up, doing this, have my own little studio space, making work, uh, participating in like all the, the department crits, critiques with like the other disciplines, things like that. Um, trying to, you know, take in as much as I can again, take our, you know, take advantage of the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, so then, you know, the next semester comes around and then there's this girl in the program. She's a senior. Her name's Jenny Clay. <laughs> She's from Pottstown, PA. It's hilarious, right? <laughs> so one kiln drive. Yeah, I know. Right. That would, that would have been, <laughs> did you hear that one? <laughs> She's laughing. <laughs> Kiln drive. I never even thought of that. That's good. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. Like, you, you know, I'm just there. I'm the tech. So she's a senior and she's coming back from a whole semester studying abroad in Korea at the, I guess it was Iwa, the, um, it's like their women's university for ceramics because you know asian but i mean they always have a focus on that it's like a big industry there still okay um so you know she goes back she's getting situated for a thesis year or thesis semester and you know you just you see a new girl already try talking to her as best or as worst horrible as i could i guess <laughs> i don't even know how this all plays out but it's hilarious <laughs> So, uh, she, <laughs> I guess I, yeah, she had a boyfriend, whatever. She tur- just said turn 21. So I remember like going, she said she was going home for the weekend. They were going out to Boston. 
for her birthday and stuff like that. And I guess I don't know if that's where her boyfriend lived or whatever. I don't know. So then she gets back a couple more weeks or months go by, you know, I'm just like, you know, friends with her kind of, you know, acquaintances in the mm-hmm. studio, I guess. And then I start chit feel like this. Hey, bring it back. Instant messenger. Nobody's brought that up on your podcast. Eh, maybe it has, but not no, enough. No, no, not enough. What a classic. <laughs> so you asked for a screening and then you put, so had you dated, like you didn't date at all in, in, in high school, right? Nah, hell no. Nah. Um, I had no interest in it either. Like, well, even, but before high school, like, you know, we, I mean, we never like really dated anyone, but like you would always say like you're together or like whatever with other girls. But uh, um, I always, uh, it was terrible. I always had like a secret crush on the girl lived across the street from me, which I haven't brought up this family yet. They were an awesome family. And I was also really good friends with them. Uh, remember Jenna Farentino? Mm-mm. Yeah. No. But like, no, like dating now, like I was always so bashful. I don't know. <laughs> Even though like there was like girl, you're like, oh yeah. But like you I don't dated, know. you dated in college. Like I, I remember, you know, you you had girlfriends and and people that you dated. Um, not many. Like I, yeah, not a lot. You had more than me. Like I, you know what I mean, like I, I met your, I met girls that you were dating. No one, you never met any girl I was dating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That. Yeah, but um. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we lived very similar lives in that fashion, I think. Just like, yeah. just Shy and- I always thought, like, you know, if they, they had any interest in you, they like, you know, come to you, I guess, in a way or whatever. But never really try to like approach girls and see but you, I was too shy to do that. But you approached Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> How'd this all happen again? <laughs> she's just laughing so i guess i don't know she had just broken up with her boyfriend so i just started like smooth talking on instant messenger not like really smooth talking but just like being friendly like oh yeah like hey what's going on like what kind of music do you like blah 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 blah, 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 blah. yeah and then eventually i don't know it got to a point where i guess she was like broken up with this guy for like a week or two and then was like I gave her three weeks, she said. There you go. <laughs> the rest of history. Uh yeah, I think I was like, yo, I'm gonna go up to um uh what the hell's the Ben Elbow called again right now? McGurks. McGurks. Like I'm gonna go up to McGurks. Or are you going to McGurks? Either way, anyway, we ended up at McGurks. Uh it was like around St. Patty's Day. Oh yeah weekend but it was like it was during the week that was a weekday so it wasn't crazy and i remember like phil and like march Peter, madness probably yeah andrew put like they all came down we were just hanging out i guess a couple of her college friends also came up and it was just cool we were just hanging out and then i drove her back down to arcadia and stuff and then uh and then just like snowball like from there it's just like yeah i just started hanging out more and going out to, i guess there she like breakfast food she's like yes and then i took her to zeke zeke uh Zig's Cakes on um, oh, yeah. down there yep. and for Washington. Yeah, I just started like hitting up all the good dining spots. Uh, our actual first date, I believe, was at um, Saffron 
the Indian right. restaurant in Ambler. Yeah. Fantastic food. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I don't know. Then we just discovered that we like, like, a lot of the same foods and stuff like that. And, and so you guys have similar interests. Yeah. Or so, yeah. so then at what point then when you're, when you're moving to Nebraska, are you, you guys are going together. So did you just go to Nebraska because she got in? Yeah. So I moved out there with her. Um, yeah, we drove straight from like the Albany, New York area, all the way out to Lincoln, Nebraska. One. So you weren't, I thought you were, I thought you were in school out there. You weren't in school out there. No, Jenny was. Oh. Yeah. Um, but I hung out and did some stuff for the program, like, you know, for uh, exchange. I, um, you know, I was making some work. And I helped rebuild a couple bag walls and kilns. And then I was able to fire my work and then put together a portfolio for grad school. And then following that year, I got into grad school at Illinois State University. So then from Nebraska, we stayed out in the Midwest. Came back and visited for a little bit, but then, you know, went back out there. And that was a three-year program. So then we were there until 2017. Yeah. Yeah. That's so 14, 17. Every time I yeah, go. Yeah. I saw you were traveling to Chicago, but it's still two hours away. And like, it was always around when we had uh, grad crits. It's like, oh man. Yeah. Yeah, so hard time. Like living, living like in the burbs uh, your whole life <laughs> and then going to the Midwest. What's, how that, how that feel? Um, yeah, well, I guess we had Nebraska as the buffer for actually like living in the Midwest. It was weird. Talk about cold, man. Negative 21 <laughs> degrees. Icicles developing on the inside of your apartment window. Yeah. Walk outside and your like nose hairs just freeze up. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you're meeting people from all over the place because it's a university. So it's not all that bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. It's not secluded. Uh, Midwest cities are a lot different than they are here because they're a little more sea. Like there's like pockets of bad areas, whereas like, you know, a whole section's bad. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to explain, I guess, but like we lived in this, like, uh, I don't know, four fat, like quadplex apartment thingy on K street. I don't know. In Nebraska, I forget now, but there was this awesome, like little, like little Mexican food truck thing that I would frequent. It's phenomenal. But, um, but we would see just like <laughs> random, like domestic dispute, like people like fighting out in the streets and shit. <laughs> it's like, but like it never really migrated to like our apartment complex. It was always just like its thing, and that was it. Sounds, I, like, sounds yeah. like just typical slice of Americana. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In a way, I guess. Uh, was was it hard uh, after your, your dad had died? Was it hard to leave your home that whole your whole your home like so much of your your adult life at that point? Um. And then your, your dad passes, your mom, your brother are home. Was it hard to to go away at that point? It wasn't hard, but I felt guilty, I guess, in a way. Yeah, I think it was easier. I don't like. Yeah, I think I don't know. It was just like, yeah, let me, let me, like, here's the time to just to get out, like, see what's going on elsewhere. Yeah. It's you know our our whole group. Um, I, I feel like we're the only 
I feel like of you, me, Scott, Josh, um, Alyssa, Tony, we're the only two to leave the area. Leave yeah, the state, right. Leave the state, leave the town, like outside of college, like Alyssa went to Kutztown, but like leave the, the whole area uh, and not return. Yeah. What do you think that's about? <laughs> I don't know. Like sometimes I wish I would have went to school for like sociology because there's like a lot of different fascinating like theories on stuff like that, like like class capital. Like you only become like what like yeah, it's hard to achieve outside the realm of like what you grew up in. Before you knew the idea of like I want to get out. <laughs> Who's ever just like fuck it's like the same 17 people? You know what I mean? Like world is uh, the world is small on the bird. And I relate to what I was talking about before, as far as like, we're the only two like really leave. And I used to like, look at it and just, like, it just felt, it did. It felt so small. Did it feel small then to you? When I first started like thinking about leaving? Before, before. before. Like, just growing, you're, you grew up in that. And, you know. Well, well, that's a great, like this podcast, right? We weren't friends in high school. So like, when you're involved in high school, there's four years. You think it's like the end all be all, right? It's really bizarre feeling. Uh, and then you, you know, you leave that little shell of like 300 and some people that like you barely even know, see or hang out with, but yet you're still, you're part of that community in some sense. Right. So it's like, that's where you go every day for eight hours. It's like work. It's like you go to the same office for eight hours and it's like, and you end up with shows like The Office. It's like cynical about it, right? So, yes. uh, <laughs> um, no, because like, I, I don't know. I always thought like my group of friends were always interesting enough. Like you, like I wish I probably would have, should have hung, we should have hung out more than we ever did because we we both have like these expanded focuses, I guess, mm. or whatever you want to call them. Uh, but even though like my guys, like all my friends that, stay local, work local, do this. I mean, they're still like fun. Like I, 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 I always loved coming back to like hang out with them again. And then even still like living in Potsdown and now with COVID, it's like, it, it's sad. Like, I wish I can just go down and like hang out at Fireside with Mike Penna, Andrew Pledge, Mike Malazzi, Scott Mastromato, or like, um, but then on the flip side of that, like, you know, I kind of, uh, like separated a little bit from Josh and Alyssa from the time period. But then like now I see and talk to Josh more than I've had, you know, in the past three years, I've, you know, seen and talked to him more than I have in like the previous 10. Yeah. Like high school or something, which is cool. Like you always, I guess you never lose your like true friends, like, like whoever they may be or are. Yes. Uh, I, I never get bored, even though like, we're bored together. Like some days, like, I don't know. I can remember sitting at Scott Mastermato's house, just like sitting there bored as fuck, get like a 30 pack of Miller Lite, start drinking it. And who knows where the night leads from there. Right. Mm. Maybe just stay and watch, sit at home and watch like college football, like Hawaii, like some mountain West college playing at like 10 o'clock at night. And like, that's yeah. what you do. And then, then you watch Jay Leno and then you go home at like three in the morning and sleep till 10 and then do it all over again. But, there's always, there's always a way to, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like that to answer your question. No, like I never, 
I was like, oh man, like that's why I got to get out of here is because these guys are boring. That nah, wasn't that at all. It was just, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe my parents appropriately named me. I'm just like curious. Like I want to, like I always thought, it, like I would love, I always thought I would like land a job like in, I don't know, Idaho, like teaching at the University of Idaho. So that'd be cool, right? But mm. maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> What would you have been teaching? Well, I just think like, you know, as I was like focusing, like uh, chasing this thing, like the master's in fine arts, because that's a terminal degree. So then you are eligible to teach at the university. And it's like, yeah, like, wouldn't it be cool to like teach for like 10 years, like somewhere where nobody in your town or family has been. So that way you think like in a romantic sense, you're like, oh, yeah, everybody would come visit me. But like, that doesn't happen. I was going to ask you, like, as far as music, because I remember you being so into, like, right? But then also, still it, but yeah. <laughs> but then also, you know, I remember, you know, in your Suburban that was hooked up, or your Tahoe that was hooked up, listening to the 10 Crack Commandments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also, you know, funny little story. You burned me my first <laughs> copy of Jay-Z's Blueprint 2, Gift and the Curse. Mm. And, it's, and it, was, you, it was right before Thanksgiving because I listened to it uh, on my flight to California for Thanksgiving. And you fucked up the disc. I've been waiting <laughs> 20 years to tell you this. You <laughs> fucked up the disc. You labeled the Gift album. You label the gift disc as the curse, and the curse is the gift. So I had discs one and two all screwed up, and the very first track of the first disc cuts off in, like, the final four seconds. Literally, George, for, like, the next nine years of my life, I never knew what the end of track one – I don't. I never knew how it ended until I re-downloaded it. Oh, man. But I li- you gave me these uh, – yeah, these burn CDs of – you're like, oh, I've got the gift in the curse. I've got it. I'll burn it for you. I was like, great, I can put it in my disc man for my flight tomorrow. Boy, I wish I had that awareness then because that would have been the, the best, like longest running prank ever, huh? <laughs> I, I can't for, take credit for it, but forever, yeah. I had the disc that had the gift <laughs> and the curse of disc screwed up. Yeah, I was seeing I was I like Jay-Z's like earlier stuff. I guess that was probably the last album I maybe like, but if Phil probably bought it, I burned it from him. Yeah. That makes sense. <clears throat> so, uh, music were you, I mean, you, you mentioned uh, reggae. Uh, yeah, that was, that's just that. That was the household music. That's what my dad listened to, like through and but, through. But as you know, it was probably when I became like 11, 12 is when like I started developing my own taste and uh, yeah. music. So, what do you like venture outside of that? Well, obviously, because oh, yeah, like all kinds like, of music. Um, yeah. I was glued to MTV back then, man, from being like, like 10, 10 until like. It really started to lose focus on music. <laughs> Did you have a favorite, like in high school era, like that that ninety six to oh one or ninety seven to oh one? Did you have a favorite? Oh, uh, artist six. Well, the, the, the that high school era from when you're like a teenager. Did you have like a band or a song or uh, or an artist that you were like, oh, this is my. Like for me, it was very much like Eminem for a lot of. Oh yeah, blood. definitely Eminem. Hell yeah, uh, he was. That, that was the biggest thing in the world, man. Like our the age we were turning when he came out. Holy shit! Oh yeah. But I, I remember DMX's first album. 
I bought that CD. That it's dark and hell is hot. Yep. Actually, I drew that album cover again in one of those classes that we took, like computer aided, like design classes. That's awesome. Album uh, art, album <laughs> art back in our day was like awesome. Oh, I was so into it. That's why I had like um, even now like tall format microbreweries. Like if I oh. if it's not recommended from someone and I'm just like scanning through, I'll just buy whatever can appeals to me. Like I would like jewel cases did. Yeah, uh, I do the same thing. I I don't drink yeah. beer. Like I don't know beer very well. So uh, I I literally I do it by by like and wine. I do it by name and label. Yeah, that one you had the other day was cool. I don't remember what it was. Oh, the the whiskey, uh, the from the distillery out near me. The whiskey, it was whiskey, or it was bourbon, wasn't it? Yeah, I forget what it was, but anyway, um, but yeah, music. because oh, my my older cousin Rick, he was in a well in the band with Mooney back in the day. They graduated high school in '95. They actually played like the Warp Tour and stuff like that. So new metal, I'll still I'll always have a soft spot for new metal, reggae. Uh, classic rock like Pink Floyd. My grandfather used to listen to the Dark Side of the Moon on vinyl. So then, when did you? When did you and Jenny get married? Um, we, we well, when we, when I graduated grad school, we moved back. We wanted to be back in the area. Um, bought a house in Pottstown. It was way more affordable than Ambler or anywhere else at the time. Uh, so like 2017, we bought the house in September and we got married that November. Wow. Yep. Uh, well, this March coming up, we would be, be 10 years. Or was it 10 years? Wow. Yeah. Not married. <clears throat> Just together for 10 years. Married oh, really? for three. Are you not? Wait, wait. Oh, okay. But you are married. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah okay. Three okay. years married, 10 years all together. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, it's so funny when like, you know, when you, you feel like you're like on par with, with friends and it's like at that time, Josh was the only one, Josh and Alyssa had been together forever. Yeah. So when they got married and all that, it was like, oh, well, whatever, you know, none of, knew it was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. None of us were dating in, in high school. So, um, so them getting married is like no big deal, but now I'm, now I'm the last one of the group. <laughs> Um, did you, uh, do you have, uh, I, you know, obviously we have the Scarface connection and I know you love the Godfather, but yeah. in high school, did you have a high school movie that you were, um, we get into the end of the podcast already? <laughs> uh, it's not the end. It's just, a, it's a middle. Uh, these are like the questions you usually ask at the end. I was like, man, he's bored of me already. He's like hanging up. No, I'm just trying I try to mix it up. Yeah. That's cool. Oh yeah. Like high school movie. Holy shit. So 99, what was it? What would we say, like 98 to 01, right? 97. But I had to watch it while we were in high school or one that I, I like now. And I'm like, damn, that came out when I was in high school. No, in high school. Like, what yeah, yeah. Really, okay. you know, like I loved Armageddon. I loved uh, Clueless. I loved Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, can't yeah, Bonnie Lag or, bon, or what's her name? Lainey Boggs, right? Oh, she's that all that. Oh, she's all that. That was good. See, that's the type of chick I always thought that I would just like stumble upon. Like that type of like Rachel Lee Cook? Well, no, like just like the character, like where she's like in the basement painting and 
<laughs> and then becomes like the cool chick because she goes to the prom with the cool dude. I don't know. You don't, and you don't know she's really hot. But I always like I always like those people before their trans transition. Yeah, and you don't always know she's hot until beach day. And stay. What's that? You don't know she's hot until beach day. <laughs> yeah. When she takes like, uh, off the overalls. Oh, I got it. <laughs> Gladiator. I remember Mr. Dixon coming in all fired up, like you gotta watch Gladiator. That movie awesome. Yeah, that's a good. There you go, Gladiator. Gladiator. I still like that movie. Hell yeah. Okay, that's a that's an epic classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That era. I remember. I remember being in a class with Danny Coppola and uh, Mike Brown. Oh yeah. Um, and it was like we made like a like we would wire up like a lamp, like do like weird different projects like where test the tensile strength of a bridge. It was cool. I forget. I don't know what the hell the course was called, but, but I heard Mr. Dixon coming in all excited, like, Oh my God, you guys got to watch Gladiator. And it was like around the same time. Like I think, uh, Vince Carter, like the dunk con, like fucking blew everybody's mind in the dunk contest and shit. Yeah. The the 99. That was 99. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So when when you, when you came back was, you know, you talked about like having this, just like a legitimate passion for manual labor and doing stuff with your hands. But then you've also gone through a lot of school and (laughs) you end up with a master's degree. Yes. So was there a part of you that, that was like, I want to do something with art as a career when you came back? Yeah. Yeah. There, um, there was and still is. Like I, I mean, I would like to teach. I used to think I would want to teach at a university level, um, but now, like any more with like with anything, schooling right now just <laughs> sounds like a nightmare. I don't think I would ever want to get involved. But uh, even politically, it's like just seems kind of ridiculous and like out of the realm of, of like reality. Anyway, <laughs> like like just like overarching parenting or parents getting involved and like mm. you know, say like 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 you can't really like discipline people like not in like a, a normal dis- disciplinary way it's just like so a kid doesn't show up and do his work and like the lowest grade you can technically give them now is like a c or something so oh wow like, really there's I don't a- know how true that is it just seems that way from the outside <laughs> it's like, the bureaucracy and yeah 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 i get it there's too much leniency I feel like so teaching while the actual act of it's always seemed appealing. It's the, yeah, it's the, the other stuff that seems unfun for you. Yeah. That and I, in like, say like my stage presence, I don't like, I don't know. I still get real nervous. Like I'm not like a clear public speaker, obviously like how choppy does this podcast probably seem or sound. Right. I just ramp, like go off on like tangents. All Everyone does. Have you heard Brandon's episode? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fun. Like, I guess that it's kind of comforting in a way, like people that are, that we always perceive, perceive to be like super smart, like even Lizzie, which she is, but like, like she even talks about like how nervous she gets in front of like people public speaking. And even though like she knows she knows, like she should have the confidence. But She credits sports with helping break <clears throat> her out of her, out of her shell. Yeah, so, um, which is awesome. Like, she found that. 
Uh, and that's what I credit, like <laughs> beer drinking and, and like being a laborer, like having like something that talking shit where you're yes. Well, like being like, there's an attitude behind being a laborer. Mm. Um, like I, you know, I, I, when I show up to work somewhere, like I don't look like the type of guy that you think of as like a guy who just wants to shovel and rake blacktop all day. Right. 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 And I, and I perform that like very well. <laughs> That's perform. so wild to hear you like categorize it that way. Like, funny, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. That it's like, you just love being, you just like doing manual shit. Like it's. Dude, you know what it is? Cause I used to be like a run. Like I was like a real scrawny. Yeah. Kid that weighed 105 pounds and then uh never went to the gym or anything and then just really like took on this persona of being a, a laborer and like that's how my dad was my dad well he did go to the gym and train and then actually won second place in a bodybuilding contest in the early 90s i remember those pictures yeah, yes yeah. oh my god oh my god i fucking remember like, those pictures but i had like the and then you know how jacked my brother is, right? Yeah. But like he goes to the gym and fo- I, I don't have that discipline or focus to do that. Like I, every time I've ever tried to lift weights, I just start giggling. Like I can't keep a straight face. So like, so there's something about the physicality of being a laborer and then how it defines my body. Like, like if I like labored, I don't know, since I was 13 years old, I'm now 37. Um, I mean, I'm slowly losing some of it now, my muscle mass, but there's been times like where I show up somewhere and people are like, damn, dude, you've been going to the gym. Nah, man, just shovel rate, (laughs) drink beer. (laughs) Like, I love that. I don't know. (laughs) But that's me. Like, I, I don't know. But that is, I mean, that really is, you know, how we grew up. That's the Ambler way. Yeah. And like, yeah, if you want to get all philosophical about it or something, like <laughs> if you like the etymology of my name, George, is like an old English term for like tiller of the earth or something. It's kind of cool, right? Yeah. Like you're, I mean, you <laughs> talked about with when you talk about like your love of, of clay and pottery, like mm-hmm. specifically, you talk about like it's like part of the earth. So, yeah, yeah. What yeah, do you I love, like, love just, digging trenches and shit and stuff like that? Even like the blue collar you know, lifestyle, you know, growing up again, you know, my best friends were Mike Mayall and Ray Campion and both their yep. dads were construction. Oh, is that what Mr. Mayall did? Yeah. Doesn't Mike own his own like tow trucking company or something in Florida or what the, I forget Mr. Campion was telling me. He does. I think he might. I yeah. see, I don't know. I, I talked to him once in a while. I haven't talked to him in a while, but uh, uh, I see like a lot of fishing pictures on his Instagram. Nice. Yeah. I think it is a tow. I think, I think it is like a, a I want to say it's boat towing. Oh, that makes sense then if he's in full. Yeah. That's probably a really good profession. But if I'm wrong, I'm willing to bet he will let me know. You're going to get him on this. Can you? Will you? He, he wasn't in high school with us, really. When he, he, um, he even messaged me to tell me that he left. Uh, I think he left in 10th grade. Yeah, because yeah, I kind of remember. No, I, I remember him. Listen, you're the you're the first friend. You're trying to book more friends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. <laughs> I mean, come on. There's only well, who was in our graduating class. Three hundred some. Show's got a little longer than that, right? 
300? Uh, I've been going for I've been going this, this show's been going for a little over a year. I'm you up, be great, like Santa I'm, Claus that time. I'm I'm up to 36 episodes. That's still that's that's a that's a lot. That's good. The 300? Uh, yeah, you'll never make it. <laughs> you're going in, like perfect or teachers and shit. Uh, by the way, uh who is that band teacher? You Mr. Know? Hood. Yeah. I didn't know. I did end up friending him on Facebook and stuff, but damn, what a cool dude. I wish I would have known him in high school. Right? Yeah. So you friended him after the podcast. Yeah. Fascinating story. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're the type of person, like, I, you know, a couple of friends that are just big music heads and jazz people and stuff. I was like, yo, you, I feel like you would like this podcast. Like, he is the type of guy that says, oh, like, yeah, he says like cool cat and you know, like jive and like well that's like the old juke joint, like that's like the lingo, like Jaco Pistorius always like refers to people as cats and shit. Like oh, that. but he also talked about the Philly shit, the Philly shit, right? I forgot the Philly soul, all of his connections and like stylistics and style. Yeah, he I told remember me. you hit me up about that. Like, oh, this dude, yeah. How he fun was that? Me. That was cool, right? It's awesome. He told Gwen to, Gwen Stefani though. Stop smoking. I'm hoping she hears that story one day. I'm I'm praying she finds this and hears that story one day. I thought that was so cool. But what an interesting path in life, like like the military background and this and that, and how he bounced around with that with linguistics and whatnot. And then his interview at the high school. It's like what? Yeah. So like you know, being a laborer and everything, I found myself in this position where. I'm a quality control field technician, so I extract uh, samples for compaction and loose material samples that all get, you know, tested and confirmed at labs. And the way the paving industry works, it's like that's what, like a lot of the payments based off of through the state. So there's like the three party system. So you have, you have the contractor, which I'm part of the, um, I work for the contractor, so I'm like a liaison with the uh, consultant or inspector, which are almost one of the same. And then there's the state. So that it's like, you know, checks and balances on, you know, material payment, like the whole process, like to make sure that the, the, the specific depth depth is being laid and this and that, and we're achieving compaction. I can confirm that. And then all the results are confirmed. And then you can get like MPA, get up to a 4% bonus depending on like your consistency with compaction. So I kind of manage and control that with my roller guys. So it's kind of fascinating. And it, there's like, a you know, an understanding of material involved, which is kind of similar to ceramics with, you know, it's yeah, yeah. getting binders and things like that. And you have the asphalt content, which is an oil based or petroleum based substance. So, yeah, so it's like I related to just like wanting to like know and grasp or think about material that way. And then also like paving is like one of the cool like uh, industries in labor where, you know, like you can nail up a two by four and do this and do that. But like it doesn't really leave too much of like the human evidence behind like with paving, like if Mm. the paver comes in because of the grade of the road matching a driveway, like I'm the guy who has to cut all that material out and kind of like um, reprofile that 
part of the road and then it's like it's kind of scarred in a way because the, you're cutting the material so it's not as smooth as the paver mm. so you like you leave like these signs of like human like touch still behind and yeah like, and like overarching layers issues. yeah it's pretty cool layers on the earth <clears throat> yeah yeah well yeah that's one way to look at right right yeah back to the earth right <laughs> I mean, it is cool, like the way you think of like strata, yeah. <laughs> you know, like the way. I'm like, not joking. I'm being serious about it. I mean, it is like it is full circle in that way. Yeah, the way the way roads are built, you know, you have bigger aggregate, thicker lifts, and then it kind of stratifies up until the top layers of you know flexible material that is designed to last like 30 years and then get milled off and then reapplied without wow. much damage to the substructure kind of a cool technology is it foolproof who knows no probably not because of like climate change like everything right so depending on where you're at like there we have towns called Springhouse. so like, no matter what you do do you have like a an overall i, I get the feeling that you're not um you you haven't finalized what you want to do yeah right no i haven't so do you have like a dream pie in the sky like <laughs> if everything went perfect in 10 years here's what i would be doing kind of yeah uh i have two of those dreams um you know, like like one i would just love to be like a peasant potter like the, yeah you know, the town potter yeah it doesn't quite exist anymore because we rely so much on plasticware and things like that. But it's still, I mean, there's obviously like a a renaissance or resurgence of like handmade craft. We yep. see it all over, and we see like even like the corporate markets like trying to mimic it, which is pathetic. But you know, maybe if that's what makes people aware of it, then maybe they will, you know, learn like yeah what's valuable and what's not. So. uh Slowly converting my garage into a studio with my wife, who's also a ceramic artist or potter. Uh, there's that, but like I, that like right now I work, I'm a laborer. I work for, you know, a big uh, civil construction company. Um, but my other like dream job is like kind of like what my dad did, like being like a, a foreman, roadmaster, or public works director, because it's like. You know, it's local government. It's more of a service job. Like, I like the service aspect of things mm. a lot. Uh, I don't, yeah, it's like very draining to work for corporation, that kind of thing. Don't I know it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> and I like blacktop and I like, I kind of like the, uh, like the way like road, you know, roads are a form of, um, like communication, like in a way, like it's, it's what gets humans to like come together. There's a network of it, mm -hmm. like the history of it with like, uh, was it Eisenhower? And then like the mobilization of like military equipment during the world war and stuff like that. And that's like yeah. where painting started to like take off. And it's kind of cool how it became like this way of interconnection too from state to state and 
whatnot. So there's like community aspect behind it as well, which is a lot of what like ceramics is too. It's like hmm. you know, it's service, like utility and community. I yeah. like having responsibility though. Like I, I kind of want to like grow and like like manage like some. You know, I like being a laborer, but with responsibility, like achieving something more to make more of a living, I guess. Then what? To make more of a living, only because it's like there's things that I want that I can't quite afford, like kilns and shit, stuff like that. Right, like, right, 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 right. The kiln I want is like a, I don't know, fifty five hundred bucks or something, and that's not even firing it. Like who knows how much electric it draws it might be like 30 bucks of firing that gets tacked onto my electric bill every month well do you think it's it'll be something that you'll keep doing or do you think it's something that you'll it'll kind of start to die off as you as you continue on with manual labor yeah no i want to like marry the two of them um it's just like yeah i bought the house like maybe I cornered myself. Like I, I always have a tendency to like corner myself. So I bought a house. So now I have a mortgage. You know, I still have stupid student loans that drive me up the fucking wall. Which I feel like if I didn't have those, I'd feel like a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> right? So like what I pay a month in student loans is could be like feeding my studio practice for sure. Oh my God. Right? That's like the... <laughs> the Isn't yeah. it amazing what, how much we look at how much money you spend when you have to? <laughs> oh, I know. Well, that's like, 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 like I said, like, I don't know if I was like, because of the time you graduated high school and like how they marketed college and this, this and that, and like what you perceived of your family and like how they worked and like how you didn't want to continue that, which now I like, I feel like such an asshole. Like I, I, I wish I would have just like did what my grandfather and my <laughs> dad did. But let me ask you this, right? You know, looking how you spent, you know, your first seven, eight years out of, out of high school and yeah. how you grew up, you know, the history of your, of your family, your dad, uh, your, your friends, uh, not just in school with our group, but your friends in Ambler and how everyone is still in the area but yeah. then looking at what you discovered once you were able to leave and how that was something that you valued, um, being able to have different experiences. Had you not done that, had you said, like you said, tech school. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, that's where the thing. do you think, I mean, in all honesty, I can tell you right now where I think, where do you think you would be right here right now doing this podcast if you went to tech school? Probably work like one of my like I wish I would have just stayed working with Josh. Maybe I'd be like one of the top technicians at LIP Collision right now. I don't know because it has like you carry some of that artistic sensibility, but also you're like mechanically inclined and it's physical labor in a way. Like that's where Josh like I remember that, that painting like he painted that deer mural on his bedroom wall and how he's like when he was younger. Like he, his mom was always good at painting and drawing as well. Uh, like he kind of found like the, like what worked best, like with him, like with his interests. But, but my point to that is that, you know, you hadn't really discovered your love for pottery at that point. So mm -hmm. had you gone to tech school, you would have missed this entire 12 year run of art. Oh yeah. That, that part. Room, I, you'd be I, living in Ambler. Yep. 
I'd probably be in jail. <laughs> Who knows, right? I don't fucking know. No, I just laugh. I like to like throw fun. You, but no, you would. You would. And and the work, <laughs> you'd still be satisfied with the work because you still do similar work today. And you've consistently gone back to that that type of work throughout your life, even, you know, in between school yeah. and, and art and all that. But you'd probably be in Ambler. Still, you would have never left this entire, you know, uh, you left in 09, this 11 years, yeah. you would have still been in the same neighborhood, same town, not having those those expansive experiences that you we just spent all this time talking about. No, I know. Yeah, like that's the part I do not regret. Like, it's like that, that, that's all priceless, right? So the funny thing is, actually, as you were saying this, I started like thinking like, yeah, like maybe I wouldn't find the same appreciation or pride in being a laborer if I didn't have that other sense of achievement or something like it's definitely like a different reflection on life mm. when you branch out and come back to it uh which is something that i think is missing in like general education through like the natural progression of public school or whatever system of first through 12th grade anybody goes through is that it's so linear and stupid the way things are taught that like you don't understand that like oh you should be forced to leave your parents' house when you're 18 and like get a grant and go travel Europe and then come back and then maybe we'll have like a better uh, labor industry again because like every, like it's just like a jobby job to a lot of people and there's no passion behind it but like maybe if you have these external experiences then you actually un you learn to appreciate like other opportunities and like I don't even know how to explain any. Well, I don't think there's national pride in stuff like that. I think there's, I think manual, and this is what I, you know, how the podcast started very early in the first season with Daniel yeah. Aldi and how he ended up talking to Derek was because, you know, we talk about like the tech school aura of that's where the stupid kids went because they yeah. wanted to get out that way through the year. And yeah. then when you look at just how America has progressed, and this is what I talked about with, with Danielle. I feel stupid that I don't know how to change my own brakes, that I that I've got to YouTube a million times how to change my own headlights, that yeah. I don't feel comfortable changing my own oil, that if my air conditioner breaks, I got to call. So, you know what I mean? Like all these things that I know I could have learned in high school that I wish I could fall back. If if the economy tanked again, I don't have my fallback is making food, is making sandwiches. Is, you know what I mean? Like. That's good too. Like that's sure, the, it's fine, but yeah. it's not a it's not an industry to 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 excel. My life will take it would take an extreme hit. Versus, you know, Derek detailed how even going through the the economic crash, uh, yeah. real estate and all that, he got himself back up yeah. on his own. He needed nothing and no one else other than his own skill set. I wouldn't be able to do that grinding at Wawa. Yeah. No. Well, that's. <laughs> I could if I wanted to be a store manager, but being a store manager is not my skill set. Making uh, the sandwich, I can make a killer sandwich. I can cook. But, yeah. you know, coming in at, at that level is not, you can't get paid for your experience as like that as a, you know, as a yeah. deli cook. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is the point in time that if we were face to face, I would ask you to sign the yearbook. I, I probably uh, did, though, didn't I? Yeah. You did sign the yearbook. 
I was going to say. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll go through this first. The outcome of your goal doesn't mean anything unless you put all your heart and mind into it. That's my quote? That's your quote. What the fuck? Who's that from? It doesn't say. Read it again. <laughs> the outcome of your goal doesn't mean anything unless you put all your heart and mind into it. Wow, where the fuck did I take that one up? Where did you get Maybe it? I made it up. I don't even fucking know. It's a quote. You know what my, I love what my brother did. Genius. Stroke of genius. He quoted Joe Dirt. <laughs> Life's a garden. Dig it. He should have He should have quoted you. Yeah. Nah, I like what he did. That was fucking... I was like, damn, I wish I thought it. Like, did something like that. It's awesome. Phil should have said, the outcome of your goal doesn't mean anything unless you put all your heart and mind into it. George yeah. Rebecca. That would have been hilarious. And then Who did, did, I, did uh, I put any initials? What's my uh, initials? Not classmates though, but you've got. Nah. I, I want to thank my my dad, mom, and the rest of my family, especially GMB. Oh, that was my grandma Berecka, my mom, my dad's mom. She died when I was three, but uh, yeah. So that was it. Look at that picture. Holy shit! Oh yeah, my. <clears throat> Oh, Tom Beal's right under me. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Tony. Yeah, Lindsay. What's it? Uh, was it Karen Applebaum or what? Karen Applebaum. You got to put yeah. me on. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Let's get in there. Scott Beck, Emily Arnold. Yeah. Yep. Ooh, so this this is basically my homeroom, right? Yeah. Andy Bell. How that work? Sean Benson, Ashley Bell, Charles. Sean Benson. Yeah, he was cool as shit. Wasn't his his uh. I remember him saying like his brother was a running back in college, and I always thought it was like Cedric Benson who ended up playing for the Bengals, but I don't think it was. Oh, that would have been cool as fuck. What else we got? I got to see. Here we go. All right, here we go. Corbett. Hey, yo. Hey, yeah. <laughs> have, have fun over the summer. See you around, George B. That's all I wrote. That's it? Probably so, the worst. How was the grammar? Like no punctuation or nothing? Oh, you wrote Orbit, not Corbett. Orbit. Yeah, because I was Orbit. Yo, I'm I'm Brad Corbett, and I'll take you into Orbit. Everything was a rhyme back then for me. Everything was a rhyme. Damn. The Orbitrator. Don't you remember the Orbitrator? Yeah, yeah it's coming back. Yeah. Total Orbitration. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just remembering that. I remember, remember like, Josh and Ritter. Yo, Buck. Yo, Buck. Yo, Buck. Yo, Buck. Yo, Buck. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Knox. Yeah, Knox. <laughs> Yo, Buxa. Yo. Oh, my God. All right. Well, you know, we'll see what this is, George, when this all comes out. We've <laughs> done this over, like, probably the span of, like, seven hours together. Yeah. Uh, we're getting close to uh, Lizzie Black time. Uh, but I had a great time just having an excuse to see you face-to-face. You are probably the most. You're probably the person I talk to the most from high school on a regular on a regular basis um, throughout the, like the last like couple of years. So I appreciate number one. I just appreciate you know you appreciating friendship to be able to, to just to keeping texting con- contact with each other. Um, but hopefully, when this is all done, now we have just a a little bit more closeness for an excuse to get face to face and see each other and in person. Yeah. No. I. I mean. I. I appreciate your consideration on bringing me on. Uh, I'm a fan of the show. 
<laughs> I'll be do whatever I can to support you. So, yeah. Uh, sorry if like, my thought process is a little sporadic, um, but it should mesh this, together. I hope. I don't know. This felt less like a show and more like we we just been hanging. So, uh, yeah. the, the onus is on me to turn this into a show. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm curious to see the outcome. Well, thanks for being the guinea pig. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Look forward to the, the next episode. Awesome. Later. <laughs> All right. That was George Barreca. I hope you guys enjoy that conversation. I will say that is probably exactly how George and I have been talking over text for the past several years. In and out of different levels of goofiness and seriousness, long-winded conversations and quick tidbits about updating each other, about our happenings and our lives. And as I was editing, I felt like this flowed a lot better than what we were attempting to do a few days prior, which honestly felt like an imitation of my own podcast. And George is another classmate who felt like he didn't know his own path headed into college. And at this point, it does make me wonder why there's so much pressure in this country on going immediately into college after high school graduation. If anyone has any insight on that, please pass that along. We had a new setting of Catholic school. That was interesting. I do wonder how I would have survived in a class even smaller than what was at Hickens was and for so many years. I think one thing's for sure, the podcast would have probably ended after two months. And it's funny, in most episodes, I'm excited to find out what my guests have done in the past to get to where they are now. But with George, I think I'm much more excited to see what he does in the future. He's so comfortable in his career choices and knowing the aspects of manual labor that he does enjoy. Whereas I'm pretty lazy. It's cool to hear that George welcomes it. And it's hard to deny someone that likes busting his ass. It also makes me hyper aware of what I've talked about again and again on this pod. And that's how far apart I was with the rest of my friends on things like work and career aspirations. I can edit a seven hour podcast down to two and a half hours. But standing all day or worse, standing and lifting in outdoor heat or winter cold, that's seriously hard for me to mentally gear up for. So props to George and thank you again for a fun episode. And if you want to see video of this conversation, head on over to youtube.com slash redshirtplaya. In two weeks, I can't say who the guest is just yet. And there's nothing fishy really with this one. It's just the simple fact that I haven't actually recorded it yet. I have a few lined up this week, and I'm a little bit superstitious about saying who the guest is before I've actually recorded the interview. So I'll let you know that while I do have a few lined up, the first name will start with either a K or an L, and it'll be a woman. All right? So I hope that is enough for you guys to chew on for the next two weeks. But you can follow the show on Instagram at We Weren't Friends in High School and on Facebook at WWFNHS, and you'll be able to find out who the guest is in two weeks on a Monday morning when the show returns for episode 217. All right, that is it for me. Thanks to everyone for listening, and a special thank you to all the guests that have done the show this year. Uh, 2020, of course, being really, really fucking hard to do a face-to-face podcast, but everyone just being so flexible, including the reunion shows that we did, Uh, without you guys, again, I wouldn't have been able to keep this going. So thank you to the guests, the listeners, and everyone within the sound of my voice. Happy New Year. Later.